Friday pod. Dude, look at the Friday that's pod. A, that's a pussy, dude. Look at the size of the drink I poured myself. <laughs> so that's all ice. That's a big ice ball. No, dude. It, it, look that's at the a, ice. No, I don't think the ice will make that much of a difference. No, that's look a at lot the ice. It's, it's, it's not ice. It's fucking. I'm, I'm working on my six pack from Miami. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a Texas pour. I told I told Adam my goal is to look like a female MMA fighter by <laughs> by Miami because I know it's not realistic to look like a male MMA fighter. So still like a little pudgy and like not ripped, but a little toned. <laughs> Why you, know, you think you think you, you're saying you're telling me that you think female MMA fighters uh, MMA fighters are pudgy? Yeah, so that, that was quite not, a shot not, at the uh, pud- female MMA. Pudgy is not the right word, but like if you look at them next to a male MMA fighter, they have way less definition. Yikes, dude! Damn, dude. What? I made the, I made the I news and felt like to- a wall. Yeah. Who's that? It's me trying to do my fucking job in the background here. I got a lot going on. <laughs> I would like to see a picture of Ty's monitor. Like, to, are you, you want to see it? I'll send yeah. you. I'll send you a picture of what I'm looking at right now. Because for for you, Eric, just you know, like Tyler does all the editing. He has all the clips. Jared and I okay. just come here. We just talk. That is the talent. Yeah, that's yeah. just the talent. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So Ty has like endless tabs open, and we have a lot of topics that we're gonna get to later. So I always I've been wondering like what his one screen looks like with like the fifteen. Tabs he probably has open with different links to videos, so I'm sure yeah. it's a lot. We work hard. Let's have, have you have you listened? Oh, we just lost Eric. No, you, I'm still here. I just wanted to see the uh, the screen. Oh, you, the, the, oh yeah, that's the, um, that's the, hand, the handicap of being on the phone. Yeah, ah, uh, there we go. That's why. So, what do you think, Adam? Do I have enough screens up or what? Did you see it? Jesus Christ, no wonder you can never find anything. You have 30 tabs open. <laughs> I well, dude, this is the amount of shit I have to have, like, and they're all separated by category. And is Master Chief part of your computer background? <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a part of a Twitter thread. Oh, I thought that was part of your desktop. No, this is all the fucking shit I have up here. Ready I for guess the I show. Just didn't expect to see Master Chief. Respect. <laughs> well, I, I, he's not really a part of it. It was more of a, a Twitter thread that obviously went awry, but. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, another guest on the show. I'm trying to think. So last show was that my, when my dad was on, or was that two shows ago? I don't even that was, remember. I think that was two shows ago. Oh yeah. Okay. Last show we recorded was me admitting that like I'm pretty much a socialist now, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a, a fucking dick ton has happened since then, and uh, I, I think a, a above average size dick ton. Yeah, we're not talking little. Not a chode, not yeah. a chode amount, like a BBC amount, definitely. Yeah. Um, so this has it's a Friday night. We all have drinks. Hopefully. Yeah, this has my week all messed up right now because in my mind it's still Tuesday. Like the uh, week's just been a, just a long ass day, <laughs> and then today's Tuesday. Yeah, so I kind of fucked us um, a couple times this week, but um, we're here. It's Friday night. We're drinking. There's Friday, yeah. a lot to talk about, so this has the makings of a three-hour podcast, so buckle in, and hopefully Jared will make it. Um, I'm ready. So we've got a, a guest on, um, and we had this guest on because since we have recorded, uh, the AFC NFC championship games in the NFL were played. And, uh, unfortunately for, for this guess, it didn't work out the, the, the way you probably wanted it to, 
Um, so we, uh, we wanted to have you on and just interested to kind of get, uh, your thoughts since, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a Pats, I'm a Pats fan. This is uh, the first year since basically I've started watching football since I was a young one that I have not been watching meaningful football in January. So I, uh, I gotta Join find other things. To, I gotta, yeah, I gotta find other things to pay attention to. And one of the things I was thinking about was what it would be like to be a Packers fan after that loss. And so, uh, <laughs> I figured I'd bring on the only Packers fan I know. So why don't you, uh, it was a pretty wild game. I think I thought it was a good game, fun game to watch. Uh, why don't you take us through how you were feeling from, from start to finish there? I mean, it was a, is a tale of two abs. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Green Bay came out kind of sloppy and Brady's too sharp for that. They are playing soft and he, uh, he, you know, came out pretty quick, nice little 14, seven lead. And then that nightmarish ending to the half. Yeah. What did, what did you say? Well, give, give us your real oh, raw emotion when you I, saw that, that play land for a touchdown at the last second of the half when everyone knew that was the play was to bomb it to the end zone. I whited out. I just was so (laughs) Kevin King and my, my roommate was laughing about it. He had a rough, rough game. He's had a rough career. Let's put it that way. He has a, the guy occasionally makes uh, some type of cool interception, like uh had to be a year or two ago. He made like a one-handed pick and everyone was excited about it. It was like a thing on the internet for a little bit. But other than a couple of flashy plays, he's always been plagued by injuries. He's slow. He doesn't react well. He was the well. guy who got, who got burnt on that. He's last, the guy. And I mean, who gave up Mike Evans touchdown in the beginning. So he was on a lot of highlight reels. Maybe the worst the time reasons. jump yes. <laughs> in the history of football was the Mike Evans touchdown where he jumped and then three seconds later, the ball landed in Mike Evans' hands. Like, <laughs> so I remember, I mean, just aside, like I remember Kevin King being like a few years ago, he was going in the top 10 of like so many mock drafts. I think he came out of I Iowa. I somehow knew we'd get down. He came out of Washington. Fucking rabbit holes with Adam. Kevin King came out of Washington. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of Desmond King. Yeah, Desmond King Desmond is really King. good. Desmond King. I never heard of this King. I'm mixing up my Kings. Okay, Kevin, so yeah, I don't know anything about Kevin King or whatever the Kevin, hell his name is. Kevin King was another fantastic draft pick by the Packers uh, with a severe injury history in college who was taken in the first round, or sorry, early second round. They traded out to get this guy just so they could have a injury plague cornerback with you know, almost no play time under his belt instead of a wide receiver or a line. Oh, that sounds we, about right. We can yeah. talk more about him on the Cheesehead podcast. So, um, <laughs> so you're going into half. It's it's twenty eight ten, or no, it's twenty one ten. Right, at, right out of the half, the absolute fucking spear, right to Aaron Jones, fumble. Jones. Fumble recovered at the 10 yard line. Brady, little play action, instant touchdown, 28 10. What are you thinking at that point? Honestly, I Game thought over? it was done because you come out and you get the, you figure they're going to get a drive going, all this stuff. And Jones is, he's like a, in the same sense as like a Camara in the, in the way they're able to yeah. avoid major collisions. Like they're good at that. Even though they're smaller, they're good at usually taking a hit and they can spin off of it and, he got rocked. I mean, to his credit, to his, to all fairness, I mean, 
watching that play, like he did not, I mean, that was literally a bang, bang play. Like he caught that ball. He took enough, took two steps to consider it a football move and he just got walloped. So it wasn't like he, you know, had much of a chance to juke out of there. I no, think he's getting I, a lot of flack I don't, for, I mean, something that I think a lot only, of people would have no, thought. Only boobs are yelling about him. He, he, the guy had an unreal time in Green Bay. I, I say unreal time in past tense because I, I don't think he's going to come back. I think he's going to go get paid. You're going to get the bag from somebody, and it's not going to be us. Unfortunately, that you don't, you can't overpay running backs and hope to keep going. They don't have the money for it, so he's he's gone. So it sucked to me that looking back, that's the last play he's ever going to have in green and gold. It looks like, but yeah. So did he get concussed on the play, or he got hurt? Right? He he. I think they he injured his chest. It sounds like okay. they might have hyperextended a chest, a pectoral muscle or something. He was just out for the game. Yeah. All right, so take us what, what happens after after that. So it's 28-10. You're pretty much giving up on your team, which is pathetic. I'm, but I am just totally just the wind out of well, our that, sails. That things start to turn around, right? Things start to turn around. They start getting pressure on Brady finally. And then Brady has a couple has bad picks. Some really bad picks. And then, well, one of them, I guess, I, I said even said to Adam during the game, I was texting during the game, that it wasn't really Brady's fault, the one where Evans Tipped had two, hand, hand, yeah. two, two, two hands yeah. on it, essentially. Yeah. And, but then the other two, and it should have been a fourth. It should have been a yeah. fourth and a, and a fifth, honestly. The first half, they should have even thrown another one. They dropped it. I mean, that's just the story of the of the year with them. They finally get all these turnovers, and then they can't do – anything with it that that bucks defense is legit like they have the well, two yeah. best linebackers in football they're monsters. on back-to-back turnovers i believe it was back-to-back three and outs yeah i mean just like i mean brutal. I, I literally brutal. Like, even if it was a first down or two and then a punt at least at least you're you're changing the field a little bit more but yeah i mean just having three straight interceptions and then two of those drives in the first two interceptions, not even getting a first down. I mean, that, I mean, talk about gut punches. I mean, turnovers are great. Honestly, I'm more in the school of thought that a great defense is measured by the three and outs you can force or the actual punts you force because turnovers, it's great to take advantage of a mistake, but you can't count on it. Get some punt luck. Yeah. We got some shit just falling into their hand. I mean, you know, Alexander's nasty. I mean, there's a reason so that they good. barely they barely threw him the whole game because he's nasty. But then they spotted old Kevin King over there, and <laughs> you know. Well, a lot of people said um, they were wondering why the fuck Alexander wasn't on Evans or Godwin. Most he of doesn't. The game. They that's the problem with that coordinator. He doesn't. He's one of those old school guys that Mike doesn't Penn. believe in Mike Pettin, who who, who was who was, he was fired today. <laughs> Good. Um, I mean, how does he, he? How do you not get fired after that? Yeah, he, he was fired today. Um, he was in the old school belief that you split the field, and that's great and all. But I mean, like when they did the Revis Island thing in New York, and then they did it in New England when he was there shutting down people, they stopped doing it because they said, "All right, we're going to put Revis on the number two guy and let yeah. Brandon Browner beat the shit out of somebody, and then have the safety back him up." Um, and that worked very well obviously uh i think that just goes yeah, to show you though how few evans or god either evans or godwin is the number two right and he wasn't even on them some of the times he's on their number three they, receiver because they he doesn't leave that side of the field that's the way right. it's skiing. right so right. whenever they did go over there it was an either an interception or it was a 
past defended. I mean, he's 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 becoming a he's he's going to be after this year. He's going to be a top five, maybe even top three corner in the league right now. It's and, just. And it- and I think it, it's it a it's a good point you bring up, Eric. And I know this is something that I pull my hair out about when, you know, back in like you know I'm, I'm bringing up the Patriots again because there's very few quarter the quarterbacks there's very few coaches, it seems like that will change their scheme week to week. Where there's many coaches who, if they're having a good season and things are working and they're beating up on shitty teams, I'm not I'm not saying just the Packers, but a lot of yeah. teams oh, they yeah. don't they don't change their scheme. They're just very stubborn and they have too much pride. Whereas you see with Belichick and we all know we've all seen enough Pats games in the last few years, it was okay. Gilmore is matched up with the number two guy, no matter where he goes. And then they would put a Jonathan Jones or a McCourty or whoever on the number one guy with safety health over the top. And that was the game plan. The, the, the one I can think of is when the Pats played the Vikings yeah, a couple years ago when Adam Thielen like lost his shit because he like he just was never open the entire game. But like so so few coaches actually like say, OK, he's their guy. We're going to take him out. Belichick does it. I can't name a coach that consistently does that other than him. And kudos Bill to him. Also, but yeah, I mean, like Penn deserves to be canned for that. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill is so brilliant in the sense that he's the master of just not even changing his game plan every week. I feel like just depending on what they're playing. He's great at taking these guys like Kyle Van Noy, who, I mean, the guy's a great pass rusher, but he's a total liability in every other sense of the game. And Bill goes, I'm not going to make you do everything else. I'm going to make you do what you're good at, but I'm not going to pay you much more than, you know, being a situational pass rusher. Yeah, which is why he he's makes in Miami. It work, which is yeah. why he's in Miami now, but it works. And that's, that's the creativity. Like I, like I was, people were asking me earlier, they were texting me about him getting fired and said, well, who do you hope takes over? And I said, I hope it's not an old fucking retread again. There's some old stubborn old man that's going to go out there and do the same fucking thing every week rather than some young guy. Like, I want to, I, I don't, you don't really hear these young defensive minds out there. You hear a lot of young offensive minds. I was trying to think of what the scratchy, the scratchy noises coming from Eric. And I just realized it's that goddamn bird's nest that you have in your face scratching up against your <laughs> fucking ear, ear pods. <laughs> It's work from home, baby. So the, the the pack worked their way back. Scores what? Twenty to what was it? I know it was an eight point differential, right? What was it? It was, um, an, it was an eight point differential at that point. No, twenty three uh, thirty one, right? There was twenty three. No, it was even closer than. It, I don't think the the Pats ended up winning. No, Pats. I'm talking about Pats because of Brady. Uh, the Bucks ended up winning. I believe By five. it was. They won by five, but at that point, it was a five-point game. It was, I think it was – was it that point? Well, I, I think we're leading up to that. The two-point conversion. I think we're getting to that. So, like, they're they're down eight because Equiminius St. Brown drops that two-point conversion, so that makes it an eight-point game. And yep. So, we're and at the, a, a, the yeah. eight-point game, right? Pack drive down the field, get stopped, fourth down – Oh, okay. This is the we're talking about the last yeah. drive now. Okay, big okay. moment. A big moment, and then we fucking go for Lafleur. Now, I, I'm, I'm actually still to to this day torn about that decision. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, the more I thought about it, I'm a little in between myself. I still, I'm not. I'm, I'm a not little in between. Little in between. You have the best you quarterback this year <laughs> in the league. You you if you don't think that your all pro quarterback MVP quarterback can't score from the eight yard line with one shot. If you don't believe in him at all, 
then he shouldn't be your quarterback. Then he should go somewhere else. Then if you and I that you know yeah, they got stopped at the goal on. line a couple times. That I was going to say that there have been a couple. There were a couple of goal line in. I guess Aaron Rodgers, but in the present moment, in yeah. two different two different trips to the red zone, there were like three straight pass plays in each of those series that were, you know, not in, not like gone, you know, incomplete by a mile, but he had a hard time getting into the end zone. So I'm thinking maybe yeah. I think Ty's thinking the same thing. Okay, the defense has kind of stepped up as of late in the second half. I have three timeouts. I only need one stop. I'm not saying I would have done it. I still would have said, Aaron Rodgers, go win me the game. Or even if he doesn't score, you're still down eight and you still have your three timeouts. Well, and that, then you that, can still the make thing, the stop. Because you have nothing to lose. If you don't exactly. get the touchdown, you still need a touchdown. Either, yeah, either right. way, you need to march the whole field and get a touchdown if you get the ball back. Yeah, but say, guaranteed I'm, points gets you the chance to win the game if you get the ball back and you have your three timeouts. The two-edged, double-edged sword sure. there is now you're going into your another big weakness that they have. Explain why they fired their special teams coordinator the other day is that we are notoriously bad at covering the kick. And sure enough, if they had kicked the ball and they got the guy down at the 20, and they that, that would have been great, awesome, cool. They immediately give up a 45-fucking-yard return, and that was it. The second he got that return, I'm like, that's yeah. it. They the, All the wins out of their sails. Um, Jared and I are aligned in this right here where you take your shot, you don't get in the end zone. Great. Now the Bucks are stuck at their own eight with yeah. a defense who's heating up right now and giving them a hard time. All of a sudden you shut them down. You, they're going to get a little bit more conservative since they're that close to the goal line anyway. But then, yeah, you know, they, they just took it out of their quarterback. Were you, were you screaming at the TV or what, what was going no, on? In that moment? No, I, I, at this point I just, I just was like, all right, let's just see what's going on. We're playing with house money right now. Brady's throwing three picks in this half. You know, we shouldn't even be in this right now, but he's let us back in. Let's see what happens. And then sure enough, you know, I'm not going to hang. And in the immediate moment, I was pissed when they called that PI at the end. But looking back on it now, it, it, there's so many things that led up to it. Oh, that, yeah. You can't, you can't pin it on just one play. No. For you sure. can't pin it on one play. Does it suck that they let everyone play all day? And they I will say that. I'm pretty sure that was the stinks. only pass interference call in the entire. Like they were letting him play. They well, were. I mean, I think the problem was, was it was so blatant, right? I mean, yeah. because the guy's shirt they just asked, extended yeah. like three feet. Like whether it yeah. made a big impact or not didn't matter. Like they saw the shirt yeah. being gra- like everyone probably in the stadium could see it. They, I mean, they, they should have called that. I'm not, I'm not yes. saying they shouldn't have. It was a blatant pass interference. But there were other times when the, the whistle yeah, no was swallowed and it just obviously in the biggest moment where the ref would have the biggest But impact. we wouldn't have wanted him to swallow it then. Like well, I, Eric probably would have. Eric would have. <laughs> I'd be I cool with it. Yeah. Jared and I would have wanted it for betting reasons. But right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Eric, are you willing to take back? I'm looking at a comment from uh, – Barstool Sports video where Tom Brady and Gronk were reenacting their uh, We Ain't Going Nowhere video. And uh, I'm looking at a comment here that says, uh, hard to lose when the games are fixed. Uh, you know what? Honestly, do, do I'm you still... take back that statement? I got a tough time all taking all of it back. 
So you like think the game was fixed? I think that in some cases, in certain games, and whether it's the NBA or the NFL, when there's an opportunity for something, I think that sometimes the officials are instructed to swallow their whistle or make a call that but may why? indicate what, the game. What would be the incentive here in this case? You get Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I know, but you get Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. It's the same difference. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, It'd be one it thing just, if it was Colt McCoy or Tom Brady. Then maybe like <laughs> yeah. you have an argument, but it's fucking Honestly, Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP. It wouldn't make any know. sense. There's it no just, rational it just, it just, thought behind that. It just seems very strange that that happened. But at the same time, like I said, you can't – I can't hang the whole game on that. So, you know, so I guess taking back I partially – I guess I'll take it back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the Packers had multiple chances. Like, to go three and out after – couple picks both yeah. times like that's not excusable you can't give up yeah they score on one of those they're in a much better position where yeah. that field goal actually could win the game yeah so uh, yeah so what, what what do you think here what's the uh what is the potential future and what do you want to see happen with your your man a a rod a rod a rod yeah uh i'd like him loser to stay. that's what i call him. i'd like him i'd like him to stay <laughs> I'd like him to stay the rest of his career, honestly. I, I don't. If, what does I your don't, gut tell you now? Is, does he stay or go? My, I mean, common sense dictates he's going to be here at least one more year because the money, the dead money is too much for the team to absorb. And I don't, I don't see anybody being able to afford to take on his contract, even if he tried to strong arm in his way out of there. I don't see how someone could afford to take that contract on because it's very expensive. Even so the I Patriots? think he's. Oh, I God, mean, imagine that. If they're willing to do it, then that's. I mean, then how kudos pissed to would them. you be if, of all places, he goes to the, I, the New I, England I, Patriots? I, I, it'd probably be out. the same ties when and Cam Newton came to the Patriots. It'd probably be a call, similar feeling. I would call Elon Musk and get on the first, you know, waiting list to go to the next Mars flight or whatever. <laughs> what I can do. I, that's it. I, I'm done. I can't. I can't do this anymore. So I, uh, I saw this. This was fucking hilarious and it, and it is definitely better if you can see it uh liz gonzalez Barstool Sports, oh, oh, big that's big, big packer she's fan a bat, she's a she's a fraud and, of and a, a this, fan. this is what i anticipated when i was watching that unfold and, and brady wins and then rogers you know makes the the post-game presser statement about he's uncertain this is what i envisioned eric uh being like alone in, in, in his apartment so Rogers just said in his presser that she's he, crying, by the way. Oh, I, I saw it. It's bad. He's uncertain about his future and that he is very thankful for this season. <laughs> I think we may have just seen the last of, of him in green and gold and This is why women aren't real sports fans. That's tough. <laughs> no real sports fan would act like this. He's really holding back tears here. Yeah, I was say. Didn't she do the same thing when the Yankees freaking lost? Similar, yeah. You're lucky to get a Brett Favre. You never think that that... <laughs> 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 I 
and they and then you're gonna get an Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, can't, I just can't even let that video finish. It's so, so fucking brutal. Let's say, please, please, yeah, that's gonna go. So off I, I have I have a question for you, Eric, and I know that you and I and my dad and our dad, I should say, um, <laughs> <laughs> have had this conversation before, where there's times where, you know, I mean, facts are facts, like. Aaron Rodgers in his last six NFC championship games. I mean, you, you know, you know, the answer he's what, one in five. So one he's in one in five. five. So, one in five. So, Thomas Edward Brady want to know in the <laughs> NFC championships, but anyway, so, and, and for Ty and Jared, just for context. So like, you know, we've obviously the, th- like me, Eric and my dad have watched tons of games together. And there's times when obviously my team or most of the time is not even in the realm of conversation of any playoff game we're watching and neither is my dad's who's a Vikings fan and we'll see Eric who, you know, Eric's you're a very passionate fan and, and you, I'll see you, you know, be upset about, you know, the way things go for your team and everything like that. And I know my and dad and I have looked at you like rolling our eyes is like, I wish I could be in this position to be in the champion the NFC championship game this many times, even if I'm coming up short. So I guess my question would be, would you rather it be, would you rather be sitting where you are right now being one in five in these NFC championship games? Or would you rather be someone like me or even Jared other outside of the, the couple Super Bowls in the last 15 <laughs> years who have never really had an opportunity to experience this much prolonged success and having literally a transition be from there every year. Brett Favre yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. And I don't even want to name the quarterbacks that I've had to go through. So like, where would you rather be? I mean, I'd, obviously, it's an easy, easy answer. I, 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 I'm, I'd love the fact that we at least have a, you know, a shot at the ring. It's just the, the negative reaction doesn't come from the fact necessarily that we've lost. It's the fact that I feel like the front office screwed up for so long and has pissed away someone like Rogers career, who's a obviously a first battle hall of famer, probably going to end up leading the league in every single category by the time he retires, just the way he's going. And the stat that killed me this week and they, you know, it's Packers insiders and everybody's just, you know, butthurt on Twitter. So they're just throwing out all these numbers right now. Rogers is undefeated in football games in the playoffs when his team forces less than, I think the number was 28 points. So if his defense doesn't give up 28 points, he never loses in the playoffs. And that number is just murderous to me because year after year, we watch them make these. And the, and the I know Ted Thompson just tied, died last week. And that sucks. You know, he's, he's dead. Yeah. yeah he former, died. I didn't, I didn't former hear that. GM died on Thursday last week. Uh, 68. We spent some early draft picks on skill positions. Yeah. I mean, he, he, a lot of picks, he's made a few draft picks, at least three or four I can think of that were guys that had serious injury problems coming in the NFL or were guys that were going to have to change position. And none of them run the team anymore. Yeah. And none of them lasted like a year or two. And it's, I watch other guys get drafted that are unreal, that were just a pick or two away. And they could have easily had, even this year, Jordan Love, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just total waste of a first round pick. Totally waste of a first round pick. Even the first three picks overall, Dylan ended up having a couple of good moments here and there. But like, not where you needed to spend your second round pick. No. And then they get Josiah DeGuara, who's a 
HVAC out of Cincinnati. Like this is, yeah, it's a pretty wild name, but at the same time, it's what, what are we doing here? Are we, (laughs) <laughs> just just on the, list. Claudia. on the list <laughs> is that going to be a middle name to emma's undecided sure. right now but yeah she's up in the air but you know we'll oh, it keep out. it on the table yeah but yeah so long long way to say a simple thing is yes i i am okay with making this far and losing versus the alternative which in this case would be not making the playoffs so did it sting more the fact that Tom Brady comes to the NFC, faces off against Aaron Rodgers. He gets the best of Rodgers in this case. Did that sting more than the other, like say losing to Seattle no. or? No, Seattle will go down as the worst one because was that say, was the a the way the way that game at the way that game went. I would totally agree with that, Eric. Brady, that was... Brady you know, this point, I mean. But you, you said you think you think a, ultimately Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better career. I think statistically, just by the numbers, I mean it's not really Brady's fault. I mean he started off most of his career, you do living off of handing the ball off to pound the rock and then doing play action. That wasn't really his fault. They didn't open up and give him an opportunity to throw the way he does now until a little bit middle to later in his career, whereas Rodgers has gotten the green light to chuck it his entire yeah. career. Do you say? So do you um, think Rodgers ever? comes close to scratching the goat territory do you think that's pretty solidified for the for the foreseeable future it it all matters how you i guess evaluate and uh equate to greatness uh because i i'm i'm still in the school of belief that a super bowl ring is a team team achievement but at the same time yeah, tom no has done it tom has done it six fucking times yeah to, to, to do it much, six times and beat a, what this is a 10th Super Bowl, yeah. like, and he's gonna go to there's a reason that hasn't been done before. That's coming yeah. from somebody who's never rooted for the Pats. I'm a Brady Basher man, and honestly, he is just that guy who you can never ever give an inch to because he's yeah. always gonna fucking he'll, you give him an inch of rope, he'll hang you with it. So, I'm interested to hear this too because he's going up against a team that's looking like the next great dynasty so who are you rooting for uh honestly i'm rooting for the bucks man you root for tom brady let's go yeah yeah, i i am too i am too i i honestly i am too i mean it's 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 gotta be weird for tom all of a sudden he's like somehow thrust into it back into like an underdog kind of everyone wants to root for him (laughs) and it's been interesting like this year i I didn't know how i would react to like always rooting not rooting against the pats but like all right enough pats give somebody else a chance yeah i mean we're we're fucking sick of it at this point yeah but but i I don't feel that way about brady this year like it's so i think i think the emotion was more tied to belichick in the pats organization of just continually finding these scrubs yeah. and turning them to diamonds in, a, in the rough right was about brady like i've been rooting for brady all year and i'd be happy to see him win another one yeah good so uh someone who wasn't do you guys know who uh mad dog russo is you guys pay attention <laughs> radio, to radio guy right yeah, famous, oh, famous radio guy. He used to be like he used to be Mike Fran- Francesca. Yeah. Right? Mike, oh, Mike yeah. and the Mad Dog. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. So uh Mad Dog was, is a gem. Was not he was Mad Dog was not thrilled about the Super Bowl matchup. 
And if uh, I did not want a Tampa Kansas City Super Bowl, and I know it, you know, uh, the the torch is being passed, and Tampa is at home, and you know, uh, you know, Brady Mahomes, what's worse? Well, how could they be better than that? I don't know. I've already seen the game. Right? They played there on November 29th. Now, I don't love the game. I'll warm up to it. Hey, I'm sick of Brady. I mean, how could you not be? It's just the tenth time in a game. I mean, enough. I'm sick of that. And it's not a knock on Brady because I know how great he is. And, you know, I know what a wonderful. It's amazing he's playing this well at 43 years of age. I know all the great things about him as a performer, as a player, as a, a competitor. If you like sports, there's a, this guy you, you can't possibly dislike uh, or not respect. He's wonderful. He's great. But I'm a, I'm a little burned out by him. Uh, I'm burned out. And I'm getting tired of the Chiefs. They're too good. The offense is too good. And the quarterback's too good. I actually would have liked to have seen Green Bay Buffalo in the game. Something different. There you go. He agrees with you. Green Bay Buffalo. I would have loved to see the Bills. Imagine the Bills fucking get into the Super Bowl and they got to face Tom Brady. Yeah, that would be pretty wild. I think this is going to be a much better matchup. Chiefs are so fucking good, man. That offense is almost impossible to slow down. I don't know how they're going to fucking lose that game. I mean, honestly, though, man, I got to say, if they get pressure on Mahomes and do it, a lot of people did. I mean, Mahomes, honestly, down the stretch, I mean, obviously, he came alive last game again. But down the stretch, he played like shit. This wasn't his best year, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, I I did a pick 'em pool this year where the, the survivor pool Adam knew down to the last yeah. couple of games, and I'm watching Mahomes in the last game against the the Falcons. I'm like, what the fuck is he really going to cost me all this money against the freaking Falcons right now? It is wild to consider though that Mahomes is as a starter, he's one offsides penalty away from being in three straight Super yeah. Bowls. This yeah, early, yeah. like in the, in the only three years that he's been a starter, so yeah. And, and I think it's, it's part him. I think he deserves two thirds of the maybe fifty. Per, I'll give him two thirds <laughs> of the responsibility. Andy Reid's a great offensive coach. Yeah, and, and he has dude so many weapons. Like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are all pro elite weapons. Which yeah. mo- I don't think any other quarterback in the league can say that they have. Arguably the best tight end in football and arguably the best receiver in football on the definitely the most explosive player in football. Yeah. Tyree kills uncoverable. Yeah. Like there's, there's wide receivers who have better ball skills and bigger, stronger. Nobody's fast. Nobody's as fast as him. No. And how about these two guys too? It's now you got Hill and you got Kelsey, both guys that kind of fell a little bit further in their drafts because they were, they had a kind of a couple of character issues. Obviously Hill had that wild stuff. And then Kelsey had multiple DUIs in college at Cincinnati. Yeah, he went to, yeah, I was say. I, I didn't know Kelsey had character issues, Ty, too. Tyreek Hill is enough of a reason to root against the fucking Chiefs, I'll say that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Frank Clark, he's a fucking asshole, too. Oh, yeah. Frank Clark's another guy with... Just awful seats. human beings. Not a good guy. But so I would it just love shows to have too, him on my team. Because yeah. obviously, like, <laughs> Pat Mahomes is obviously a top... He was a top 10 pick. But, like, those other three guys you just mentioned, all with very checkered pass, who... We've seen this time and time and again. Kareem Hunt teams, when he was on the team. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and you've seen these teams take teams all over the all the league chains take chances on players with checkered pass, and most of the time it doesn't work out. Yeah. And for them, it's three fucking players on the same exact team. Four at one point. Well, I don't know if Frank Clark was there, but anyway, they've had four players in the last few years that have been other like 
otherworldly talent that if it, Aaron if it Matthew, weren't, even though they signed him after, sure, yeah, there you go. That, checkered pass. You know, if one thing didn't go a certain way for them, they may not be in the league, and they're all on the same roster, and they're all arguably in the top five of their positions, if not higher. So. It'll be interesting to see when Mahomes' extension comes up and he's making 50 mil a year. Obviously, you can't afford all these other all-pro guys around him. Oh. Can he do what Brady did and be competitive with the Roche Caldwell, Doug Gabriel, Jabbar Gaffney-type <laughs> weapon? I'm sure he could. I don't know if he'll sure, win sure Super he Bowls because that takes a he team, as we yeah. said. But. He hasn't shown that he can't do that, but he just hasn't needed to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I mean, um, luckily we have a lot of time to see that unfold. Thank By then, Sean Watson will be a Bronco, so the AFC West will just be no, a No, dude, he's going to be a Panther, division. dude. Don't worry. He'll, he'll be coming back to Carolina. The... <laughs> um, oh. All right, so to switch gears quickly here, uh, we're going to give you one more uh, segment here, Eric. Um, so... Did you guys follow the Mets GM story? I know we're we're a little bit late to it, but which yeah. one? The Jared Porter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking the owner. Jared Porter. Yeah. So this guy, he was just fired. I mean, excuse me, just hired, right? And then fired. Dude, I think within, within like three weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. So he gets hired as the Mets GM, gets fired shortly thereafter, because the the story broke about him just harassing this woman sending her like 60 oh to straight and i and i thought to myself like that's kind of what jared told me his strategy is on <laughs> tinder like what, like he'll stop at 62 and once 62 hits he'll move on to the next one so i thought that was the, the, they they say the key to a woman's heart is giving her 62 chances yeah <laughs> just so, fucking hammering away at it applies to one of the 62 i've got a chance and 60% of the time it works every time. So <laughs> this fucking guy unprovoked, and this might, I don't know if it was the, the 62nd text, but sends an unsolicited dick pic. Yeah. To this woman, this poor woman got to see this guy's fucking probably disgusting. Well, it's not really disgusting looking penis. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not nice. And I mean, clean. he's not a great looking dude. He's like a no. nerdy, yeah, so you know probably half of it's covered by his fucking belly hanging over him. What what was his role when he fucking did this? Like, what was his position? He was, he was in the Cubs know. front office. I don't know doing what. Like, That's what I mean. Like, you, you're not the president of a team. Like, what power dynamic do you think you have here sending dick pics And, and so, the poor girl worked for the Chicago Beat, so she was at the stadium, like, every day having to see oh this guy God. as he just wouldn't stop texting her. What, what's your rule on dick pics, Eric? Will you, are you... You don't want to, to send it. it out in the world, man. That's, that's a fucking mistake. So you're a hard no, like never, not even in a, a relationship. A hard no. No, no that's, okay. a, that's a fucking mistake. I mean, I would you say could... at the very least, right, you got to like hope there's – you got you to gotta get asked for it, right? I mean, that that's kind of like the, needs the rule. Is, we're living in the world of consent now, guys. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. thought it was interesting to hear uh, Portnoy's take on, you know, his, his strategy. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't lead with dong. Or even when close somebody, with dong. If, but like, he, he, he led with bolts, not dong. Right. No, I won't. I have to be, like, well communicated with to start going below the belt. Do you lead with bulge, though, or no? <laughs> lead with bulge? Yeah, like, will you pop in, it, like, it, hey, here's the unit. No. It, my it, tiger print no, uniform. No, 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 no. If things are going well, 
But I, I, I won't be the first to send like a fucking dong. No way. Are you firing off the cock a lot, Dave? I mean, I'll let it sling. <laughs> My cock's out there. Yeah, because, really, your cock's out. That's kind of crazy. It has your cock hasn't been seen by the the public. Well, I mean, I have like two sex tapes. What do I get to lose? Yeah, but yeah, I know, I know you've done to lose, but there's that's just mostly like you know, short knee position, you know. Yeah, whatever. It's like, what do I care? If we're slinging stuff, we're slinging stuff. Girl, ass. I'm not gonna be like, no. Fair enough. Imagine a world now. where everybody talked like that and just right. everything in like a podcast form. You, I would you, love you gotta, it, man. You got to respect the it, fact. It would also be kind of disgusting just thinking of like the nasty ass people who aren't cool like Dave Portnoy and what they want to say. Like, do we really want to hear fucking uh, Jake Tapper tell us what he really thinks and what he's doing for dick pics? <laughs> <laughs> No, well, Dave's a legend. Not, so not Jake Tapper. Slide. I guess there's certain people I'd like to just divulge this information. Fucking Barbara Williams in 60 Minutes is talking about <laughs> getting fucking plowed. A whole episode devoted to that? That would be pretty hysterical. Next on I 60 mean, Minutes. You're telling me, Jared, you wouldn't tune in if, if, if she was like, if she prefaced like the, the next 60 Minutes episode with like, Tonight on 60 myself. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would 100% turn in. I wouldn't be able to look away. Dude, has, has Portnoy become... What I think about penis pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you kept me on for a segment about dick pics. Like, like the, the... Well, we, we, I figured that'd be a, a good way for you to part with us. Is yeah. <laughs> a little sling into the D. I, I, I mean, think I... his rule is a good one. If they ask, it's fair game. Anything yeah. else? Don't send it. No, oh, very, it's a fair question, though. I mean, I guess you know. Obviously, you've been in a relationship for what? Is it almost been a year now? We're getting up on it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting close to a year. So, I mean, you know, somewhat recently a bachelor. So, you know, you were you were in that realm of possibly doing <laughs> stuff like that. So, I, I get the question. Yeah, I, I I get it. I just it's just a it was a it was an interesting Green Bay Green Bay loss <laughs> next steps. <laughs> Super Bowl, and let's change gears to dick pics. Well, th this is kind of <laughs> how somewhere how we, in the middle. That's how we roll, baby. Yeah, this you is never kind of how This is how we roll. The, the, the transition no, like, magician over there. Yeah, there, there, there's no, like, <laughs> drawn-out introduction, and, and, you know, it's just we just get into it. So, well, yeah, here's an, an honest question for you guys. I'm assuming none of you have made it quite to 62, but what's the most <laughs> unanswered text you've ever sent in a row to a chick? Wow. All right. The That's rule of question. two, rule of two, man. You send two and they, they don't even see the dots. You leave it hanging in their court. I'm with you, dude. It. I, I yeah. feel, I feel like a, like a loser sending the second one. Never, never mind the yeah. 60 yeah. second. It's, it's pretty cringy. It's yeah, pretty two cringy. is the max. So you can't, the, the you're 62 total cuck means... if you're getting up to like three, four, five. Oh, and, and then think, dude, do that again. And then do that 10 more times. And then, like, again, 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 dick pic, again, 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 again. <laughs> and then what you have to just hope? see that girl at work every day. It, well, yeah, his long? hope is she just sees that dick and is like, wow, I ignored the first 58 text messages, but holy shit, I did not realize this is what I was working with. Like, I think yeah, it's a, I'm in. It's yeah, a I'll perfect, go out for a drink. It's yeah. a perfect example, though, of, you know, the lack of self-awareness that some people have and also just the way that people put themselves or they stack themselves up 
um, in society where you can send 62 text me- or 61 text messages and then still feel the, the urge that, well, you know what, the first 61 didn't hit. But once I send her a pic- picture of my dong, that's it. Game over. I was, hold- I was holding this in the holster, you know, for emergency, like, you know, break for emergencies only. But I feel like I have to, this, this is a guarantee. Like in his mind, this was the right decision. And this was going to be a surefire way of getting a response. Whereas most people <laughs> would say after, again, the two text rule, dot, 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 or whatever after that, you stop. You stop. I mean, th- there are psychos out there that will do 20 messages and probably a dick pic. This guy tripled that and then some. And not for nothing, you better be fucking, you better be fucking slinging it if you're going to send a dick pic out too. Like, and he doesn't, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look yeah. like he's been slinging it. Yeah. That would be, that would be like a restaurant <laughs> sliding into my DMs, like trying to get me to go there. Like, that food better look bomb. If you show me some mushy ass like fucking cheeseburger, I'm not coming to your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, great analogy. Perfect. Great, there That's it what, is. Every now everyone understands what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, everyone's on track. If it wasn't simplified oh, enough, now I get it. All right, well, we uh, we appreciate you joining. We appreciate all our guests, and uh, this will definitely not this will definitely not be the last time we have you on. Um, maybe this off season when we do get official word that. Rogers has been shipped up to New England, and we can uh, have you back on. Or more genital pictures, you know, whatever you guys want. Yeah, either or. Whatever comes first, whatever story breaks first. All All right. right, Thanks a lot, guys. All right. We'll talk to you. See you, man. Take care, guys. Bye. Peace. Oh, man. Well, I I thought that was going to last like 15 minutes. Here we are at 50 minutes. So um, that's uh, part part of the course for somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, great content, football and dicks. Yep. Nothing so, I love more. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, we'll keep the train rolling here on Barstool because I, I, we are going to save our penultimate story for, for last. Um, you know, something that uh, we've been hyper-focused on this week. We'll save that for last. So um, you guys follow this story at all? Did you guys Somewhat. see like, that, some what, of the uh, stuff the on the Twitter? The League one? Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So just to, to summarize it very quickly here. So Eric Nardini is the CEO of Barstool Sports, been the CEO of Barstool Sports for several years now. Um, she herself plays hockey. Uh, she is super into women's hockey, um, you know, promoted it within Barstool, you know, pretty passionate about it. Um, it goes above and beyond to selflessly promote women's hockey in this yeah, league, yeah. trying to get some attention around it. No doubt. Um, and she's had, you know, players on from the NWHL uh, to do Barstool podcasts, right? Um, do some collaboration. And recently, this was on, uh, I believe it was Monday, um, that she released a video. Uh, that stirred up a lot of controversy. And so the video, while you can't see it, um, while she's talking, the Twitter video uh, shows screenshots of all these people who cover uh, the league and are a part of the league tweeting out like how shitty Barstool is and how awful they are and how, you know, they're the worst company in the world. Um, and, that, and that's all kind of flashing across the screen as she's playing the sound. A tweet was written in a way that suggested that 
the NWHL having any relationship or affiliation or association or connection to me or Barstool Sports would be a terrible thing. There is so far to go in terms of getting eyeballs, bringing money to the sport, bringing fans to the sport, creating awareness of the sport. If you seek to kill or silence or essentially shun anyone who's new, it's never gonna work. Personally, I don't know why my effort is a bad thing. I also think it's interesting to see some of the people in women's hockey who I have had great conversations with turn on Twitter and just pretend that none of that occurred. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to root for them every single day. And I hope more people do too. And I hope eventually that they see that more people and more eyeballs on the sport and more enthusiasm for the sport is a really good thing. So class act answer, by the way, she's the best man. I have tons of respect for Nardini. I like her a lot. So that video that we just played right there was the source of all this controversy. So the, the league saw that video and the players saw that video and people who cover the league saw the video and lost their collective minds. This is the, the tweet that drew probably the most attention. So someone, uh, this player, her name is uh, Soroya Tinker. Um, she's an NWHL player. Um, she quote tweets that video that we just played you and says all in all caps right here, we, and then not all caps as a league do not support, uh, do not want support from any openly racist platform point blank period. If you as the CEO cannot recognize that your platform promotes that of white supremacy and only further divides the athletic community, perhaps we need to have a conversation. Keep your money. That was in reaction to the video we just played. The video that you played, that was Erica's response to a journalist shitting on Barstool, right? Yeah, and I can't, you know, it's crazy. So I had saved all these tweets throughout the week that I'm going through and researching from that reporter, right? Her name yeah. is Marissa and Jemmy, who was the same reporter. Now she was at a different outlet. She was the same reporter to dog whistle and complain about the barstool relationship with the Bruins. Yep. Uh, a couple of years ago oh, I um, about that. and is notorious of her hatred for barstool. Yep. Right. So this is like a, she's a one track person. Um, Social and, justice warrior to the max. Yeah. Thank and, you for your service. And, you know, I can't see her tweets anymore. She, she like, is a setting now where only the people that follow you or, like, only certain people can see her tweets. She completely, like, locked everyone out of her account. What a puss. And when I was going through, there were, she was constantly tweeting about how, you know, stressful this was for her, this whole situation that she caused, uh, how, you know, um, she feels like she's being, you know, attacked and, you know, she feels she can't sleep anymore and how hard this is for her. The fucking NWHL tweeted at her and thanked her for her. Yeah, I saw that. Embarrassing. I can't find <laughs> when, that tweet when anymore either. All of this deleted. attention was 100% your fault. You brought this upon yourself by making a controversy out of nothing. Yeah, out of someone trying to support 
the women's hockey league. And she I knows she, up, deep down she knows that that's what it was. It, it, it's it's oh it just it really does fucking grind my gears. Same um, here. It irks me. Yeah, I mean, and, and coming coming back to what I was talking about earlier with like self awareness. If you're a hockey, if you're a league, a sports league of any kind, especially you know, let's face facts, women's leagues are not as highly publicized. I had as never league. heard of the exactly HW or whatever. If it is. nobody has ever heard of your league, and a very prominent figure in the sports media industry is going out of her way to support you guys for no profit that she would ever gain from yeah. this. Th- this would be like if like you're an up and coming like rapper, and you're just like making tracks and stuff and sending the shit out. And then like P Diddy out of nowhere, you know, I mean, he's, he's a very decorated producer, obviously with music. And he goes, Hey, I really, I give this guy a thumbs up or whoever. And you say, fuck you. I don't want your publicity. Like that's literally, you're a, you're this, a, yeah, you're a womanizer. Yeah. Like your... dude or, or miss or whoever the hell this <laughs> is. Like, do you realize like what you just did? Like, I think people forget how much of a following Barstool has and how that could be a great thing for you or a terrible thing for you. And she took the ladder. So, and they wanted to stand on their soapbox. All of the, these players who agreed with not supporting, you know, uh, barstool all were like, you know, we don't need your support. We don't need you to grow. So I looked up what the average, uh, viewership of a game was. And it's like 30 people. It's like 65,000 people across that they're televised. Yeah. I didn't even know they were televised. Oh, yeah. 65,000 people, dude. Also but, news to me. So not enough TV. people to fill the arena. No. <laughs> maybe maybe a hockey arena, but still. But, but that's, 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 that's a great way to put it, right? Because I was trying to think about how I put that in context, right? Gillette right. Stadium would entire, not be full. Correct. The entire viewing audience across the entire country would not fill up Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Or a modern day baseball telling, stadium. And these players who have financial stake in this are telling them, nah, we don't want it. Because why? I, because I fucking Dave players. read a, a Ja Rule lyric and said the N-word while he was reading while he was singing the lyrics fucking six years ago. Right. Because they make jokes about Colin Kaepernick that people find offensive. Really? That's why you yeah. kind of shun them for eternity. That that's the hill you're choosing to die on. Dude. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. It's just like I did see some athletes saying, like pe- people in the league being like, "Oh, hey, like by the I, I'm cool with her support." Right. Yeah, like, you know, a, they, lot, they, a lot of people did stand. Yeah, up they're for like, um, like that lady doesn't speak for all of us. We actually love the fact that she's putting us or helping helping put us on the map. Th- those are the only people with balls. You in, know what that reporter said about that, Marissa and Jemmy? You know what she said about that? She said that the people that are supporting Barstool and going against what a majority of the, of the league uh, says about that should be have consequences and should be punished. It's fucking disgusting. That was an actual tweet. I, hand to God. I know it's not in front of me because she. I can't see her tweets anymore. That was a tweet that I saved. The and that is, is today's day and age, is it not? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It goes right along with a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast. But we're we're lucky that. And WHL is like so insignificant that it doesn't have any real ramifications on the world. But like, it's just, well, it's just, it's disgusting. It's just just put it on my tab kind of mentality. It's like another fucking notch in the belt. Yeah. Like how many times can we see shit like this happen? It's this, this deranged lady. What's the reporter's name again? 
Marissa and Jemmy. Marissa and Jemmy it clearly has some mental issues. And what's the saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Like she's got some issues of herself that she's for some reason taking out on Barstool when she has nothing to do with them. And then everybody else feeling like they need to go along out of fear when anybody who knows anything actually about Barstool are the ones who are standing up for it. So she's not affiliated with that league. Like direct, no, she right? covers she's just that a journalist. Oh, yeah, she covers, she covers the okay. league. But she, she covers. Cover, I'm league. sure you know. Obviously, that's not her only job. She covers other things. So like, I don't her. Know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, it's not like she's some executive in that league who would be directly affected by this. Like, what she did was just to, in my mind, and I'm sure part part of it, like you're saying, Jared, like something's probably wrong with her. But I think the other part of it too is, I mean. Even bad press is good press. She's put herself out there making this a like this crazy ass statement. So regardless of what happens with that league, in her mind, she wins either she's way because pub. people yeah. she's getting pub and people are talking about her. So would you guys say that Vice is a somewhat reputable, somewhat uh, prominent news outlet or media outlet? I mean, it's gotten way worse over the years. Yeah, <laughs> but still, right? I mean, you. Yeah, would, I mean, it's a recognizable Vice, name. You're hoping it's not trash. So, guess who fucking Vice reached out to to write the story that the headline shows: National Women's Hockey League size deeply, comma deals with barstool sports. Who who did Jamel they reach Hill. out to? No, Jamel Hill. <laughs> that Marissa lady. Marissa and Jemmy. Yeah, not surprising, dude. A lady who's made it her personal objective in her career to hurt Barstool Sports. Dave screenshotted this, and this is the only way I can actually see her tweets. He had screenshotted four pages of tweets from 2019 and 2020, so over a two-year span. Of her talking of about her Barstool, right? just trying to shit on Barstool, like commenting on things that say Barstool and just shitting on them, like taking every opportunity possible to tell everybody how much she hates barstool sports and that's who vice thinks is a good source for that story yeah, like, like that's fucking un- like slander to me credible source it is slander yeah, yeah i mean dave joked he, he tweeted about it. he's like should i fucking sue vice he's yes just like, this just, he's like <laughs> when, when do i fucking you know say enough is enough like it's just the same fucking people and he actually had uh he of course our guy Dave Portnoy comes to the back of Eric Nardini. Okay, real quick, uh, emergency press conference here. Still talking about the NWHL. And now I know I, I have to do this. I'm posting this video. I'm then going to post a screenshot after this video and then another video. So bear with me. Three things are coming in succession. Yeah, I know I wore this shirt yesterday. Deal with it. I always say when people attack Barcelona sports that they pull things out of context, they make things up, they lie through their teeth, and then when we call them for it, they're nowhere to be found. I also say it's the same group of small writers who are at the genesis of all of these trash hit pieces. And people don't want me mentioning names. Oh, don't mention names just because they attack you and make shit up about you and lie and all this shit. You should leave them alone because they're female journalists. Like, if a guy did it, I'd leave him alone. No, no, no. If you publicly lie, slander, and do everything they do, you're fair game. Sorry. So, Marissa and Jemmy. 
wrote an article today in Vice Magazine, in Vice uh, Online, about the whole dust-up. Let me read you a quote Marissa Njemi wrote. This is in Vice right now. They'll probably change it and take it down. This is a direct quote. I'm reading it from Vice.com. I have the screenshot. On Tuesday night, Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy tweeted a video riddled with inaccuracies in mocking, in mocking the devastating career-ending injury suffered by Dana Lang in the league's first season in 2015. The NWHL honors Lang every year with an award, and her number is retired by the Boston Pride. Again, let me repeat. Dave Portnoy tweeted a video riddled with inaccuracies and mocked the devastating career-ending injury suffered by Dana Lang. I didn't do that. And not only that, we helped raise money. So I'm going to post a video that we had already made. It's a parcel doc about Dana Lang. I don't want to bring her in this because it has nothing to do with her. But to just lie like that, and, and by the way, this quote will now be used. I'll see this now for the next hundred years. No, Barcelona Sports mocked a girl who got spinal cord. That's how these people work. So, I mean, that that was just part of his video. He goes on for another minute or so. But, I mean, that he fucking hits a nail on the head. Is there these people? Yes, we, we've uh, talked about it because a lot of it has come up this, this year since we started the podcast about how these guys have clearly made some jokes in the past that and they would they admit in today's day and age and today's climate probably wouldn't fly. Yeah. And most of them apologized for it. You know what I mean? Dave really held firm and said, look, it's a fucking joke. I don't mean that shit. I'm not racist. I'm trying to be funny. Sometimes I miss the mark. I apologize if that offends you. Right. And this is the shit that continues to come up again and again and again. And, you know, to his point, like he's like, I'm not really trying to bring her into it, but, you know, they did that, that whole, that Dena Lang, that uh, hockey player, they, you know, raised a shit ton of money for, they had this whole thing with bars. Did they actually say a joke about her? I couldn't find like what they were referencing. Uh, Who the fuck knows, man? Who the fuck knows? I mean, I I, I couldn't go back and and look at it, but I mean, it's just that shit drives me nuts. And like you just said, Ty, like this is something that Barstool is going to have to deal with forever as long as they're around. They're they're never going to get away from this. Right. That quote will show up in, you know, the history books of, oh, hey, you know, here's another reason why Barstool sports sucks. Right. Yeah. Like 30 years from now. Right. One of these things will come up. Something said in 2021 will come up 30 years from now and he will be held. It would be taken out of context and it'll make it'll be on all the headlines. Like something will happen. We've seen it happen with celebrities. We've seen it happen with different companies, like different executives. It's it's coming for everybody. That if you yeah. said one thing, you can take that, even if it's 20 years in the past, bring it into today's context, and you're fucked. Not fucked, but like some people would be fucked, not Barstool. I mean, Barstool will survive. Well, th- th- that, that's why I love that how do they react the way they do. Like they're almost like when Joey Diaz tried to get canceled and he's like, you can't right. fucking cancel me. You like, you have no ability or like Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Like these, these yeah. people who don't give a fucking aren't held accountable to anybody. Like I'm glad they don't change their ways and continue to just like, like you making this a situation is not about us. It's about you. Jamel Hill. This is about you. Sam Ponder. This is about you. Marissa to beanie. This is about you. <laughs> All these people like, it's not about Barstool. Like God forbid, we talk about the thirty-five million dollars they've raised for small business in the last two months, or anything else positive that they do. They're just a bunch of assholes. But Jared, money doesn't 
change white supremacy and, and racism that you got to understand. What, what did I hear your way out about white supremacy the other day? I don't, it was something I heard somebody like referring it, again, to we, as white supremacy that had just nothing to do with racism at all. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Right. Like they, they do such a disservice to, they help whites, like actual white supremacists so much because now all of a sudden, like Dave Portnoy is lumped in with, the likes of the yep. KKK. David Duke. <laughs> yep. Right. It's like, what if, I mean, you guys are so fucking insane. Oh, well, I mean, we're, we're, you know, for, I, I think we're reasonable with them and we'll call them out if they do something wrong. Like, I mean, we criticize, criticize Pusscat and, you know, when, when yeah. that shit came out. So well, we, I think know, it's we, funny that like what we consider they do wrong is the opposite of what the rest of like woke Twitter <laughs> thinks they do wrong. Yeah, exactly. When they're pussies, we're pissed. These other people, when they forget that this is a comedy website, they're the ones who overreact. So I'm going to, I got a couple quick, uh, well, second one might not be too quick. I got a couple quick things here. So you just want to take a, a quick refill break? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Ready, break. Um, so for the listeners out there, this is totally dead air right now. Doing a quick drink refill. Not sure how most podcasts operate, but this is maybe something unique to somewhere in the middle. We're not going to edit this out. This is going to stay as part of the of the episode. So stay tuned. I definitely hear Jared peeing right now. So either these mics work really well or Jared's got the the lar- loudest fucking stream when he pees. What's up? I said either these mics work extremely well or you just have the loudest fucking stream. You could hear me peeing from the Dude, bathroom? I could hear everything. I heard everything. It was a stare. What else did you hear? Well, I I heard you peeing yeah, and I heard the flush the toilet. No, that's as I said. I don't think I did it much else. Well, well I, that was I, it. I, I had my physical on Monday, um, so I told them about my frequent urination. I was ashamed, but I told them. What did um, they say? So they said all the, possible, all the possible things it could be, and then I got blood work. Um, they said it could either be diabetes, inflamed prostate, um, bacterial infection, or an STD, so, or overactive bladder. Damn. Um, so I got an STD test. <laughs> your, your urinary track uh your, like urinary urinalysis whatever it's called uh blood work and everything came back good so i just have an overactive bladder that thing's moving you just drink a shit ton of water the doctor was like Honestly, yeah well, he's she's like, like all dude, i could drink a lot of water but i'm always thirsty what is just, my mouth feel like thirsty. the sahara all day I think you're mistaking your thirst for water like for like a thirst for adventure in life Maybe. Which you're always going to be thirsty for. So if, I, if I can't, if I can't feed my soul, I guess I'll drink some water. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right, let's try to get back on the rails here. So, I've got a, a couple things. So, when we uh, la- when we did our last show, had Biden been inaugurated at that point? Was it that week? Yeah, it was last week. Was it? And last he's already week, been in or... office nine days, so it would have been. A couple um, days before we recorded, he got inaugurated on that Tuesday. We well, got inaugurated on Wednesday, January 20th. We usually record Tuesdays. So Wednesday, so. Jan 20th. So maybe, yeah. maybe not then, dude. Maybe not. 
Yeah, we did. I thought we. Uh, no, no, because last Tuesday is before the twentieth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, and that's why I wanted to bring this up. Side. So we quick, got a new POTUS. Yeah. I, I, quick hitter here. Um, you know, we knew we knew this was going to happen, but we've got some classic reactions to the inauguration uh, from everyone that fawns over. Oh, I've seen uh, some of these. They're Democrats. cringe. So I'm just going to go rapid fire here. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but they are gold. So first one I've got, I think this is actually like uh, Kamala Harris's like niece or something like that. Her name's Mina Harris. Uh, this is her on inauguration day. No, I am still not over Michelle Obama yesterday. Not to be dramatic. This is the day after. Not to be dramatic, but with her height on top of the flyness, it felt like a goddess coming down from the heavens to bless us mere earthlings from an auspicious occasion. So I don't know if anybody saw Michelle Obama. I guess she was looking. No, but what was her deal? She was looking thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Really? Well, she's a, got a, a little well, sloppy. She always, she always, <laughs> no, that's. Oh. No, no, it's just, that's just, she's very curvy. So yeah, she's toned though. She's, she's like a female MMA fighter. No, with yeah. I wasn't saying she was fat. She's just like, She's she's thick. So this is um, Edward Isaac uh, Dover. He is a staff writer for the Atlantic. Uh, this is on the twentieth. Was that? I think that was yeah. That was an that was inauguration day. day. Yep. One of the simple enduring images of the day: Kamala Harris's hair blowing in the wind as she took the oath. No one with longer hair, in parentheses, in other words, a woman, has ever taken the oath of office outside of the Capitol before because she's the first woman to ever do it. So I guess presidents in the past have not had long hair. Is that what she's saying or that guy's saying? Uh, I saw I somewhere so. online like, a couple of them had like longer hair, but I think I think Kamala has. Yeah, dude, one of the, John Adams, I think, had a fucking pony. Dude, Andrew Jackson, check out his hair. Old hickory. Oh, oh my God! Look at John Adams, dude. Tell me that's not long hair. Look, well, look up Andrew Jackson. I know, but even longer. These guys had the worst hair ever, and <laughs> they were probably like thirty-five and is balding. See, uh, Andrew Jackson had a flow; like he looked good. He, I'm just saying, it's a long hair. It look wasn't it. as long as Kamala Harris that you had to understand. So that's it's, meaningful. Yeah. Fuck. So he was he was a white supremacist. Um, yeah, people don't like Andrew Jackson. He's not popular in the in the woke society at all. Yeah, so, so for good let's, reason. Um, yeah, well, let, let's check in. Um, see if MSNBC has some rational takes on it. It was to me so striking about today was that kind of comforting sense. Even with the masks, even with the distancing, even without the crowd, you know, those shots inside Statuary Hall that we're familiar with, you know, from every inauguration, the 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 sight of. Uh, the Clintons and the Bushes and the Obamas, you know, the the Avengers, you know, sort of the <laughs> Marvel superheroes back up there together, <laughs> all in one place well, with their friend Joe Biden. All of them, I think, feeling like that, that all of them sharing that same view that a lot of Americans have, which is that, you know, we did narrowly avert catastrophe in America and that they were all there to kind of, you know, kind of to buttress their buddy Joe Biden and see him in some ways as the as the natural and necessary corrective to what's been going on. 
And I think the thing is, you know, you said soaring a second ago about the speech. I agree. There was a lot about the speech. It was soaring. It may have been the best speech Joe Biden's ever given. It was certainly, I, I would argue, the most important in the sense that it was not a political speech at all. It was a speech that had a much higher purpose than that. And I don't want to go overboard and compare it to Lincoln's second inaugural. But aspirationally, that's where it wanted to live. Um wow these people are out of their fucking wow. have they ever been to an inauguration before Dude, Only did all you hear them. what he just said that yeah it, he's he said fucking aspirationally it wanted to be lincoln's second inaugural which yeah i mean Dude, you're the history teacher Adam. i want to be dan fucking bilzerian that doesn't mean <laughs> i am <laughs> You're yeah, you're you are the antithesis of Blazarian. In right? an aspirational way, though, I'm aspiring. Right. No, you're yeah, when you're I think of Blazarian, I think of Jared. I mean, how ridiculous is that? How sorry, fucking man. ridiculous is that? Like it, it's you know what it makes me think channel? of it, it's like being in front of like meeting like a hot chick and like trying to play it cool. Act like you've been there before, guys. Right. Like Play it at least a little cool, like right. put it back in your pants. Like, like, hey, we're happy to be here. This is where we belong. We got this. And instead, you're walking there with your fucking dick out boner, like just absurd. Yeah, I mean, and I would, I've loved to have done the podcast in 2016 when you know Fox News was probably saying, comparing it to Lincoln's right. second and, inaugural. Yeah, and, and I think that's what we have to <laughs> take into account here is. But still, I mean, it's just shocking the 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 shit we see on these networks. It's just shocking. It's Um, just, but but is it? But is it shocking? It still is to me. It still like shakes me to my core. You almost have to put it in the same genre of reality TV. Of yes, it's real, but there's nothing genuine about it. Yeah. Like, did you ever? Did you guys ever watch the Hills when that was on TV? No. So like it was like the spinoff of Laguna Hills. Why did you? Wait, I saw like I saw random episodes. Yeah. What was the um, show, Jared? Say it again. The Hills. No, never wasn't that where uh, Jay Cutler's wife wasn't that? Yeah, Krista Cavallari? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like the way the way it ends is, like they walk out of like a restaurant or a house or something, and get into a limo, and the limo drives off of a movie set, and the whole thing is fucking fake. So it's like, dude, eventually, <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen with this shit. Is they're just going to like, I don't know. You're going to find out like, all right, guys, this is the Truman Show. I, I just, I said the hill and I heard Emma go, ooh, and gave me a thumbs up. So yeah, it's, dude, it was when we were in like yeah. maybe middle school or high school. So it was a long time Gives ago. Gives you an idea of, of the, of the demographic and the. Some good looking chicks. Know, some beautiful woman. Beautiful Hollywood. All right, can we focus here? We, we got Ch- Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> Uh, this is the day after uh, the inauguration. So she's got a four-year-old son, you know, parents and, and kids ha- have, have some bonding moments. Right. And I, she had had one, you know, the day before she said, um, just told Aiden, now this is her four-year-old son, just told Aiden, uh, in quotations or, uh, excuse me, in parentheses who loves numbers that it's the 21st day of the 21st year in the 21st century. And how cool is that? And he said, my four-year-old son said. Oh, no. Here we go again. Without missing a beat, quote, yeah, but it's cool. (laughs) 
But it's cooler that it's Joe Biden's first day at the White House. End quote. Yep. He's my son. So you guys realize that this is like this this movement of people lying about their small children saying things. It's an epidemic at this point. It, it's, but it has a name. You guys know what it is? No. You guys know what the name is? No. Ruth Conda Forever. That's oh, literally that's the name. That, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's wh- what they call it. Yeah. Yes, that's what they call it. I thought Ruth- you meant like it was like an actual like diagnosed thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it should be. It but should be, literally, yeah. it's, uh, if you go on social media and you type in, or Twitter, yeah, Ruth Conda I, I Forever. Yeah, I see KFC tweeting the Ruth Conda thing. Yeah, well, that's I didn't realize that had a name, but it turns out this whole thing has a name, and it's Ruth Conda Forever. Incredible. <laughs> Which, so, do you think Chelsea Clinton knows anything about her parents and what they've done over the last? <laughs> don't de- don't derail us. Yes, of course she does. Don't derail us. So I, I have here. Um, his name is Matt Dornick. He is the head of strategic communications for the one and only cable news network CNN. Uh, he tweets out a picture on inauguration day of fireworks. Uh, and says, this team truly understands optics. These images will inspire our friends and shake our foes. I don't think anybody's shaking looking <laughs> at Sleepy Joe. No, no, just fireworks. Just a picture of fireworks. Oh, the fireworks that happened. Just, just the picture the of fireworks. Ball. Gotcha. Okay. That will... CNN had the picture of fireworks, or it was probably the fireworks display. Uh, on television, and the head of strategic communications for CNN uh, thinks his true his team truly understands optics because they played a fireworks display on television, and think that these images that his network is showing will inspire friends and shake foes. Dude, Putin is pissing down his leg watching that <laughs> coverage. Scared of some fireworks? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> We are fucked. All right, so my last, <laughs> my last one, and this actually has the hashtag Ruth Conda Forever Award. Yes, and this guy says winner, winner. So this is not anybody famous, but it, th- this is this, this is just awesome. Um, <laughs> In so, one word, it's just great. It's just yeah. awesome. So th- this is what someone uh, posts on Instagram. So happy to share this day with this kid. I cried the whole morning. He frosted cupcakes and asked questions and asked questions about our country. We planned a trip to D.C. and together we watched history happen. Then he told me, quote, Mama, I need to sign back into school. I can't miss this whole day. End quote. Glad someone is the parent in this house. <laughs> Hashtag. Happy inauguration day! And how how old was this child? I don't. I, I probably don't show the fucking. I'm picture. sure the child is no it, older than seven years old. No <laughs> chance, dude. I I teach kids that are double that age that would never say any of that stuff. No, no, fucking nobody. People, oh god, I. This is why, like, man, if we didn't have social media, we wouldn't be able to see this shit, and that kind of yeah. would make me sad. So I'm still I sad guess we're, and happy. We're still torn. The, yeah, sad and happy at the same time. I think my favorite part of, and I think I mentioned it in the last Stay Woke segment, um, I read one of those similar Ruth Conda Forever tweets, and I told I was telling you guys my favorite part, other than the actually reading the tweet, my favorite part were the people trolling 
the person oh, tweeting yeah, that so and coming up with their own stories about, you know, their three-year-old kid or their six-year-old daughter yeah. saying these outrageous things. Incredible. It, it, it's, it's, it's the internet worth, is a beautiful place. It is. To be it's, un, for, it's undefeated. That's for, for sure. Yeah. For moments in time. That yes. You, for yeah. moments in time. Yes. Um, so I, I got a smooth, smooth transition here because I, I want to quick. I've just got a couple quick things. I had to do it. I'm the guy. COVID stuff. I just have to. I have to. So this is about Inauguration Day and the new press secretary, who I'm going to mock a little bit. Not really totally her fault, but I'm going to mock her. Um, She's not so, bad looking. What? The redhead? You're into that, Mo? She's not bad what? looking. Compared to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and fucking... I guess the other most recent one was attractive for Trump. Haley McEnany was much very better attractive. But yes. Haley McEnany was not a human. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, exactly. I'm talking looks here. I'm talking looks. But Jen Psaki, uh, yeah, no. Um, so she uh, is asked one of the very few questions she's gotten that were even remotely critical. Um, but she is asked why Joe Biden and members of his family weren't wearing masks at the, at the memorial. Um, because this is just after he had signed the mask mandate on federal land. I mean, this is just Uh afterwards and he's out partying without, without a mask outside, which I'm going to say before I play the video, I do not care if you're outside. Don't wear a mask. It's insane to me if you're wearing a mask outside. Scientists have said and, and, unless you're unless you're fine. in a fucking mosh pit outside, no need to wear a mask. Agreed. But anyway, I digress. Agreed. This is the press secretary's answer. It's great. Focused on on doing his job to get the work done for the American people. Go ahead. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural... At the uh, memorial, yes. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. As uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching might not pay attention uh, normally? Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, The requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but I don't think I think we have big bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time whoa 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 i did i do like that last comment though we have bigger issues to worry about guys like well that is really though 
So apparently the president can choose when or when not to wear a mask. And but we don't, we, we shouldn't be critical of that. No, no, absolutely there are not. bigger issues to worry about. Like, right. Like I mean, think, think of that I, I, just in context, right? I think that's what we have to do with this. This segment right here is just think about the dichotomy of the way that this administration is treated by the media and the others and the other uh, administration was right now. You can ma- totally make the argument that the last administration set themselves up to be attacked every day. No question. The media is supposed to have an adversarial relationship, right, with yeah. uh, the White House that they're covering, right? They're not supposed to be cheerleaders. Unfortunately, that's not the case in today's day and age. But anyway, imagine what the press would have to say about Kaylee McEnany saying, we have bigger things to worry about right now than whether Donald Trump wore a mask yeah, after signing right. a mask mandate. Yeah, that, and- that's really my point, right, is... Well, and part of it, you're definitely right, but part of it is she lost all credibility, right? Who, McEnany? Yeah, I mean, she did, Sanders did. Well, that job, right, is a spokesperson for the president. Yeah, So I don't even fault Kaylee McEnany for doing what she did because if you're someone in that job, unless you want to quit, you have to do it that way. You have to, or you're gone. I don't fault her. Like, Like, that's... That's on you. You can live with, you know, what, what, you know, people are going to say you did or didn't do, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, that is your job. Now, she is completely dodging the question and being as hypocritical as one can be, right? In a word? In, in a very was... polite way. Yeah, she is. For sure. I don't know. It's a, you know. But, but I, I am. Hypothetical? Least... No. I'm glad that. These people are at least calling Biden out a little bit and not just. Totally yeah, and I agree. Right. Seat. It's like that. That should be a question that you're asked. It's like, hey, Joe just signed a mandate. Yeah. saying You got to wear a mask. And her first inkling is to say, well, he was celebrating. Yeah, I mean, and it's he, like that. That goes back to the whole shit we've been railing about is these politicians just don't get it. Like if well, she had just said, yeah, you know what? You know, I haven't spoken to the president about it. And I, you know, I don't I can't say whether he would have done things differently. I don't know. But, you know, I can certainly see your point that, you know, maybe we need to do a better job and set her a better example. Yeah, right? that, that's the right answer. And they that, that this is what kind of my point, right, is the press secretary is going to spin it and lie to you, whether it's a white lie or a bold faced lie, however you want to fucking classify it. They're going to lie to you and the press to make everything seem as rosy as possible. That is their yeah. fucking job. And it's just so, so funny to see how this ad- administrate Now, like Spicer, Huckabee Sanders did an awful job in the beginning. And, you know, Dude, everything were, was obviously yeah. set up from the top to fail, right? I mean, but... Um, I, I, Spicer, I think, Rhode I Island think guy, a, right? Uh, is he? I, don't, I think yeah, he might be, Yeah, he's a Rhode Island guy. Um, him and Flynn, um, the guy who went to jail, he's from Portsmouth or lives in Portsmouth. Nice, couple, couple good, great quality for Rhode Island, right? <laughs> um, I still think, and the reason I think why we focus on something like this as opposed to not playing Kaylee McEnany sound the last fucking eight months we've been doing the show is because if you want to get Kaylee McEnany sound, it's all over mainstream media, yeah, right. 
everyone co- covers it. We do not need to be redundant and say the same thing that someone else is saying. We are playing this because you will not see anything like this or hear anything like this if it's not on Fox News. For sure. And For sure. nobody wants to watch Fox News because, you know, you're not going to get straight news, but at least you'll get the same balance that you would if you watched MSNBC and the press corps and the way they treated, you know, the, the press secretary the last four years. But, but, but what I will say, and I'll challenge you a little bit, is like that being the biggest concern with these press conferences and like with what's going on right now is very in line with like calling out Obama on his fucking like dad jeans. Like at the end of the day, it's irrelevant if that Biden wore his fucking mask at this thing. You can say that and we and the three of us can agree on that, but that's not true in the broader sense because we have now been conditioned to believe that. And I've been told that had Joe Biden done the right things and, and not Donald Trump, we'd be in a totally different position, right? And yes, of course, Joe wouldn't have made, I don't think, the same mistakes that Trump made. But things like this from the establishment, from people in power who do things that they condemn you for and then say, well, I was celebrating, that leads to the same fucking anti establishment. Yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah. you. It fuels fuck your restrictions kind of It's, it's going to make all those Republicans just say, I'm not wearing a mask. Look at this hypocrite. Even more so. Yeah. And is that right? No, but it, that's the reality of the situation. And, you yeah. know, to ignore it is just being a cheerleader for the, for one side and not the other, I think. Let, let me uh, ask you this. How many yeah. people were wearing masks in West Texas when you were out there? Uh, so I went on a, on a walkthrough. Uh, I was with probably 10 people. Everyone was wearing a mask. We were walking through a bunch of different schools. Um, I didn't... Sp- spend a ton of time in like restaurants or anything but what i what i will tell you is so it wasn't all the way out in west texas but i had a a lunch uh a business lunch the other day and i'm talking to uh a a gentleman who lives about 25 to 30 miles west of where i am and so we're talking about real estate prices why things are more expensive and why it's better to live over there as opposed to here. And he says, yeah, everyone's fleeing those areas because of the mask restrictions. He's referring to Dallas, Dallas, Houston, Austin. The greater Dallas area. Not not, just just DFW, right? Just up north with me. He's referring to greater Dallas, Frisco, McKinney, all those, you know, um, just north of Dallas towns. And I'm like, really? you think people are leaving because of the mask restrictions? He said, yeah. And he said, in his town, the people in the community rebelled against mask restrictions. Rebelled. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, so, you know, you have to wear a mask when you go into Walmart, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, Walmart tried to tell us we had to wear masks inside their store. So the community banded together and said, okay, we're not shopping at Walmart anymore. And two days later, Walmart said, no problem. Wow. We're not going to force you to wear a mask. So it's very, very different. Right. And I think, yeah, while, while it's, you can quickly say like, that's idiotic at the same time, it's like if the entire community or if a mass population of the community is saying 
this isn't what we want, then I don't know that I have a problem with it. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. Like, is it idiotic? They have really or do you almost kind of respect it a little bit? They have really, really low numbers. And I think that's the only way I can get myself to buy into that resistance is if you have incredibly low numbers. Right. And like to us, like, yeah, like I can say to myself, it's not a fucking big deal to wear a mask. Like, is it piss me off? Is it annoying? Dude, it's at this point, yes. it's second nature. Like, I, I don't even, it. I don't even think yeah. about the fact that I put a mask on. Phone, wallet, keys, it. mask. Yeah. It's like, it's just part of the routine. Nah, it's you it's leave, totally you second leave. nature for me. Yeah. I mean, I still hate it. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if it's second nature, but I don't think twice about it. Right. So I'm almost there with you guys. And, you know, it, it, so it, I, I didn't really experience it all the way on West Texas, but I can tell you in, in in places outside of like, you know, the Northeast, you definitely have these smaller communities resisting to stuff. And it's just interesting to see how it's different. Um, but, and, and to your point, like you're saying in a, in a community like that out in West Texas, like who the fuck's going out there? Nope. It's out as locals. Exactly. It's just locals. And what's more democratic than them just saying, you know what? We understand the risk of not wearing the mask. We're all, we all watch enough TV. We understand what's going on around the world. Them deciding not to wear the mask. Yeah. I no, would probably I mean, still wear the mask, but at the same time, like, so kind of like what Jared said, like you kind of respect the fact that, all right, well, yeah. they're all collectively agreeing to do this. Like they're not putting guns to anyone's head. Right. Um, well, I'm all for choice. I mean, but you know, you probably think, right. They're probably fucking over the small minority who are either really, really afraid or really need to be afraid. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, they are, but at the same time, if you, you say minority and I think that the, the three of us have said this countless times that if you don't feel comfortable where you are in terms of, you know, the, the current COVID climate, then you need to take the proper precautions. If you feel fine with it and you're willing to assume the risk. Now, obviously in these scenarios, we've all talked about like going out and wearing a mask and you're assuming the risk. This is a little different, but I mean, community by community, I, I guess I don't see a huge problem with that. If the vast majority of people are fine with not having these masks on, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. You're right. Ty. It does suck for the minority, but that that's just kind of how, isn't that kind of how life works? I mean, are we going to make, well, and, and I look at it, you know, again, and this is a selfish way of looking at it because I'm looking at it in a hypothetical way, not being the person who actually is, uh, someone who could be potentially inflicted at a greater risk of COVID. Um, but if I'm them, I just fucking go to Walmart in the ass crack of dawn or late. Which is when they have designated times. Yeah. They have designated times for that's what I have to do at grocery shops. I don't have to sit in a fucking line for an hour. Anyways, (laughs) Jared in the 70 year. (laughs) I love that. So I'll, I'll pivot back to the administration here. And so, I think what's frustrating to me, and we've seen all this pivoting, right? And I'll, I'll get into it in a second, too, with more examples. This, this, it's the biggest coincidence in history if somehow these politicians, these local politicians, are deciding that there is real reason to reopen the economy and they're doing it now, just the week of inauguration, et cetera, right? Like, that, that frustrates the hell out of me because I feel it in my bones that I know it's all about politics. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, how, try to convince me otherwise. Like, how does how does you know the numbers don't tell you to reopen right now? So what what what's the other excuse? What's the other reason? Right. And so another thing that they're doing is the media is uh, protruding this idea that the Biden administration is coming in and starting from scratch, starting from zero. Right. We we there are plenty of things to be critical for. Donald Trump and his administration on how they handle COVID. Would you classify Joe Biden? No, be honest. If you do, you do. Would you classify Joe Biden coming in uh, as having to start from scratch in that arena? Start from, in what way? Me by start from scratch? Try to look at it in general terms, just in terms of combating the virus. No, no, certainly not starting from scratch. I mean, they're they're definitely going to be using some of the infrastructure that the Trump administration yeah. has already implemented. They're obviously going to be changing things, but certainly not starting or, or, from- or using the infrastructure that at least the states have been building up for the last 11 months. I mean, there yeah, wasn't much too. of a federal response, but I think the state infrastructure and where we're at with testing tracking is not perfect, but we're way better than where we were month one through six. So CNN reported on air uh, in one day. This is the day after the inauguration. So in one day, CNN reported on air 23 times that the Biden administration has to start from scratch with regards to COVID. You know, you know, you know who refuted that statement? Dr. Fauci. That's good. Wow. All right. Dr. Fauci. I'm I'm going to take my shots at St. Anthony in a second here, but Fauci comes out and makes it clear that there are elements from what the Trump administration had put in place. The vaccine uh, distribution that's being utilized so far, um, et cetera. He said, quote, this is Fauci, quote, we are certainly not starting from scratch. That's great. (laughs) So, So again, like you see this like juxtaposition of like the media, and then the one that they, the guy that they love, right? The guy that's on air all the time, completely refuting what they're saying. Good so for like, him. Again, does that not show how nice <laughs> mask up, baby? Is there a mask underneath that, Jared? Because I heard double masking or triple masking ooh. is the new thing. You, oh, man, you guys are even smarter than I am. So, well, yeah. How I get this no, thing not, off? But, yeah, come on. So, you know, th- this this goes to my criticism of uh, Dr. Fauci here. So, this was on January 26th on MSNBC. Since the start of the pandemic, experts have urged us to do three things: wash our hands, maintain social distance, and wear a mask all the time. Not when you feel like it, all the time. When you're not eating and drinking. But now the experts say with these variants, it's time to double up and wear two. This morning, Dr. Fauci endorsed the the idea on the Today Show. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. More effective, especially with one new variant spreading much more easily. CBC's Contessa Brewer with us now to break down the science behind double masking and what we're all supposed to do. Contessa? Hi there, Chef. Yeah, the experts keep telling us that wearing masks is really about protecting ourselves, protecting others from ourselves in the event that we are contagious. But, you know, if other people aren't. What's happening on the screen right now is this fucking woman 
is demonstrating how to put two masks on wearing their masks or they're wearing them improperly, we need to protect ourselves. So experts say you can double up with a tight weave fabric mask for added protection. Now, Virginia Tech researchers found that doubling up these cloth masks increases the efficacy from 50 to 75 percent. A three layer mask could block up to 90 percent of the particles. So what? Can you fucking focus, please? For the love of fucking I'm, My God. hands are free. I'm focused. <laughs> Look at a little hipster. Keep my hat warm. My head warm. <laughs> Moneymaker. Oh, my Bean. eyes hurt. So what what, <laughs> what what did you guys think when you heard that? I just fucking laughed out loud. Okay. Someone who is in their right mind right now. Adam, what did you think when you heard that? I gotta hear it again. I'll be honest. I was no, distracted. No, we I was distracted by Jared putting the stuff on. Can you shut up for a second, Jared? This is Asia. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on. It just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. Okay, that's an acceptable answer to me. Really? Because they asked him about it. So they said, "Hey, so, yeah." They said, "Anthony." Or Dr. Fauci. St. Anthony. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Doc, Dr. Two Masks. Dr. Two Masks. How do you feel and would you suggest somebody wearing two masks? And all he said was, yes, logically, two coverings will be more effective than one covering. He did not say, I highly suggest everybody wear two masks within six feet of it, other people. He said it would be more effective, right? So but, why would of course, of course it would. So why is this the first time we're hearing of that? Dude, he's, that's, not, Ty, he's that's, not saying it's... That's what I thought, Ty. That's why what is I this the first why time are... we're hearing of it? The efficacy goes up like wearing a sweatshirt seven... and a coat will keep you more warm. They don't tell you that, but, but it's not. That's not the fucking same thing at all. We're dealing with yes, a fucking virus. Yes, it and is, And we don't man. know dick from what. This is the same guy who told us not to buy masks in the beginning. So, yes, the public needs to be told if you can wear at this point. My, my point behind this whole thing is what about fucking seven masks? Is that 99% effective? Well, I, I was Where, so I, what I was thinking was, and, and this kind of goes along with what Jared's saying, but I, I don't know, I'm in the middle right here. I'm somewhere in the middle because obviously having two masks. I guess if you break that down in common sense, I guess that makes sense. He could have also been saying like to, to Jared's point logically, like, all right, well, instead of wearing one mask, why don't we all just wear hazmat suits? But he didn't. Yeah, you're right. But he didn't even bring up the two masks thing. Like it, it wasn't like Dr. Fauci's proposing this. It's yeah. Like he didn't like CNN go on like a running crusade. With something. Yeah. They just, he didn't go on a crusade saying, hold on everybody. We need to stop, do what we're doing and put on an extra mask. He oh, was oh, asked oh, and he answered the question. Oh, okay. So if this fucking strategy increases the efficacy to, if you wear three masks, nine, what do they say? Fucking, I think 90%. Or ninety-five percent. Why would you not be advised that before January uh, this January twenty-six of twenty twenty-one? Why have I never heard that before? Do, do, we, do we know the efficacy percentage of one mask? I, I don't know. They said it. Incre- 
They said my, it my guess is if, if three it. masks is 95%, one mask is probably 90%. And they just think it's not necessary. Now, Virginia Tech researchers found that doubling up these cloth masks increases the efficacy from 50 to 75%. 50% efficacy for one mask. To 75% for two? To 90 for three. I mean, that is almost double the effectiveness. All right, that's a significant improvement for sure. So why we've not heard this before? Yeah, but there must be some reason there's no medical expert in the world suggesting three masks. It's only these Virginia Tech academic people who do nothing all day. Dude, the most research. trusted, the most trusted person on the coronavirus pandemic just said yes, it's more effective if you were too. He said it's common but, but, sense. But, but he, I guess, did not, I guess he, just he did assumed... not suggest to wear two. He did not say you should wear two. Okay, but if there were a reason not to, did he say that, no, you shouldn't? No. But, but you don't have any problem with what was, was that second. I, I have no problem with what Dr. Fauci said, no. I, I really don't. So you don't have a problem with the fact that if that, you could double the efficacy almost of mask wearing that we weren't told this before someone asked them. So, so you know what I would compare it to? I thought of a better analogy, like driving the speed limit. So it's, you can drive the speed limit and, and drive safely with a, we'll say, 85% chance of not getting into an accident. But you, you could also drive 10 miles an hour below the speed limit and have a 99% chance of not getting into an accident. And he's going to say, yeah, of course you can, because you're driving slower and more cautiously. That doesn't mean he suggests don't, don't you think do it. Don't, don't you think if there were the same risk with getting in an accident that it were for getting coronavirus, that people would say, okay, maybe I'll drive slower. We'd have to look at those numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if as many people died in car accidents as COVID. What are we talking about right now? Well, I'm talking Ty, about the messaging. Ty, like, it, but again, like back to my hazmat suit thing. If, if that reporter had asked, hey, Dr. Fauci, like, would we be better off wearing hazmat suits instead of just wearing one mask? And he said, well, yeah. I mean, if everyone decided to buy a fucking yeah, hazmat like, totally. suit, then sure, or, or you'd, you'd N95. probably be. Should we all wear N95s right, all day? You'd every probably day. better off. Like, how would you respond to that? Would you say that Fauci should tell everybody that? What, what do you What do you think, Adam? Do you think something is as uh, in comparison to wearing one mask versus two masks? versus wearing one mask and a hazmat suit is different? Well, no, I, I think I'm just going along with what, scale, what, what, right? what they're saying is like the common sense. The more coverings you have on your face, obviously you, you, it's, you're going to be more protected. But we, we don't fucking the, – the average American doesn't fucking know better. They barely know, they barely know whether they, you know, fucking masking is effective or not just because of all the you know, information out there. So if someone like Dr. Fauci said, look, if, if you have the opportunity, wear two masks, wear your surgical and wear your thing underneath it. It'll be 90% eff efficacy or, excuse me, 75% uh, efficacy as opposed to 50. If you can, do it. If, if not, if, everyone if still he, needs to wear a mask. Why haven't I fucking heard that before? If he came out in April or May and said right away, like, all right, everyone needs to, need, everyone needs to wear two masks or three masks. That's not what I'm asking him to say. No, well, Go no, ahead. no, no, Go ahead. no but, but, but you're asking, like, you're saying, why didn't he say this earlier, right? Correct. Okay, so I'm saying, like, what if you, like, right off the bat, it's like, all right, 
Nobody's had nobody's ever had to wear masks before in this country for a legitimate reason until now, at least in our lifetime. Yeah. So if he comes out and says, hey, everyone needs to wear three masks in April. Like weeks, a couple of weeks after we heard about the, the flattening, the fucking curve. Do you think how, how receptive do you think people would have here's, been to here's that what idea? I think. Here's what I think. I would think. OK, they're telling me to wear three masks. Is there some data or science behind this? Like, can you help me out here? And Dr. Fauci would have said, funny you ask. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yes, there is fucking data. I can tell you if you wear three masks, it is 90% effective. If you wear two masks, it is 75% effective. If you wear one mask, it is 50. So if you have the ability, I'm telling you the science of masks is this. That the more you wear, the more effective they will be. Is that that hard? No, it shouldn't be that hard. I just think there's a reason he didn't say that. If he wanted people to think that, he would have said that. I guess I have a... What's the point of that segment? I don't understand that. The point of the segment was CNN fear-mongering people into trying to wear three masks. It was not Anthony Fauci or any scientist saying, we suggest you wear this. Then why wouldn't Fauci say, no, I don't suggest people wear two masks. Instead, he well, said, of well, course, what was the exact question they asked him in the interview? Did, was they that right? No, they, no? they played a clip. They, I mean, they just they they played a clip of him saying that. Yeah. So we don't know what the exact question was. But I, I get like oh, my only point is, I think I know what you're like, trying to say. I, I totally get it. Yeah. But, like when I saw that headline, I was like, OK, here we go again. Just trying to get people more scared. Now you have to wear two masks and three masks. But I think this leads to my overall thoughts on you know everybody Fauci included when it comes to this virus is they're not they just don't say everything they don't lay things out mask wearing there was no data or science or anything yeah I think that's a scientist thing I I hadn't fucking heard about 50% efficacy for me either regular I, I didn't fucking know the science behind it God, God fucking knows. I'm wearing yeah, I mean, my mask because I'm all, told to. All we were told is that you need to wear a mask to help prevent the spread. And it's not even for us. It's for other people. You're right. So like, we, weren't, we weren't given a percentage. Tell us the science. And then if there are risks to some, either of your points, whoever brought up, hey, maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's unhealthy. Then you fucking say that. And you say, this is why we're, this is the science behind how mask works. If you double layer, right, you're still safe. There's no carbon dioxide issues of you re-inhalation. But if you wear three, that's where we start to see the adverse effects. So we see the most efficient or excuse me, most effective solution being wearing two. And if you can't afford to wear two masks, then wearing one is definitely effective in slowing the spread of the virus. If we all need to wear one. Would you guys wear two or three masks? I don't know. I wouldn't. That's not the point. It, because it, it I, just, when, I, when I go like to work, so I have to wear a mask. I'm not wearing Politicians three masks do. in school. Politicians wear three? Two. Really? Yes. Just the liberal ones, I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean... Uh, Stephen like Hawley's only wearing one. Come on. So that's that's my issue there. You know, I, I think that was good. We kind of disagree a little bit. Um, but... You know, it's just like, dude, if you just fucking be upfront and honest, like nobody can question this. this shit. Yeah, sci- scientists are weird like that, man. Scientists and engineers, they they and, they don't ever put 
themselves out there. They only regurgitate obvious things or respond. They don't to a ever want question. any <laughs> what or respond to a direct question. And not... yeah, they, they 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 never want any level of accountability that's gonna put them in the spotlight in a negative way. It's them regurgitating either something obvious or a study that's peer reviewed that's can't be argued with. And that's in like nutrition, science, engineering, all that shit. It's those fucking right brain weirdos. Here, yeah. Here's something too. And like, <laughs> here's something. No, here's something too. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> it does show though, how heavy his words are because I mean, be honest, how often until recently have you heard anybody discuss wearing two masks? Never, never in my I've life. Never heard First of it. First of all, exactly, and and I'll and I'll I'll give that to you. To, I've never heard anyone mention this before, but I think it also shows that we just blindly follow these these big brains. Without all asking of us a single do. question. What's that? Say again. Without asking a single question. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We we do it blindly, and we're just like, all right, well, we. And I, I think it comes down to like, in some way, we have to have faith in people like Fauci that they're giving us the right. Inf- I think we talked about it when your dad was on a couple, a uh, couple episodes ago. Yeah. Like that is a poster of Fauci. In, in, like in we house. want, like if there, there's certain and people, Anthony, he prays yeah. to him <laughs> as the rosary beads and everything. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it, if there's certain people, we got to think like, well, if I can't trust this guy, like who the fuck can I trust? This, like, and, and, and that's not the point of my rant here. Is not to say you can't trust someone like no, Dr. No, no. Fauci. I'm not, I'm not right? trying to say that. And, and I and I know you're not, but you know, um, my thing is just like they're not they're not to be without criticism. Like you you can't hear somebody say that almost a year, a full year into this pandemic, and say like, dude, why the fuck is this the first time hearing of this? Like it, you have to be able to question these people. I'm I not imagine, saying you need like, to burn them at the stake. You just no, got to hold no. them accountable. I can imagine him walking into that. Was that CNBC or whatever? Or MSNBC? <laughs> MSNBC, yeah. yeah. MSNBC. And he walking in. It's like, oh, I see. Like, where's your other mask guys? And like, mm, what are you talking about? Oh, you guys didn't know? Having wearing two masks increases the, the efficacy or whatever it's, the fuck it's called by 25%. Yeah, but, and then the fire alarms go off in that building. <laughs> and like, Get the fucking second mask. It's so, like yeah. We, we, so we would agree, right, that, um, you know, I, I think Fauci took a beating in the Trump administration because he, he, he was saying Mo. he was saying he looks like fucking Eugene Levy is who he looks like. Oh, my God, dude. I, I just found these super creepy. They're called oh, studio can, can, can we just do a little test run the next fucking time we record instead of when we're having serious conversations? It's like Facetune for Zoom. It changes your Christ. whole face. This is like fucking Crystal and Saga on Rising, and Saga's fucking dicking around with Instagram filters. He does face. do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we agree, right? That that Fauci got you know beat up by Trump, and Trump was very adversarial to him. And, you know, he probably couldn't say everything he felt like he needed to say. Right. Was that a fair? fair I think argument? that's extremely totally. fair. Fair. Right. Um, and so one of the things that Trump did apparently was blocked him from going on certain news outlets. Right. Like MSNBC. Um, I don't know the others. This is just the one I want to reference in particular. But uh, in general, I think the White House, I, I didn't know they had the power to do this, but they had the power to say, like, dude, you're not going on. Uh, national media, right? Unless we approve it. And well, I 
disagree at at the the principled idea of of course this guy should be able to talk to the media. This right here is exactly why I think we shouldn't be having people like this on shows like this. Dr. Fauci, should we expect to hear from from you and from Dr. Messonnier and Dr. Shuket and other senior scientists and senior supervisors of these agencies um, and on a regular basis? I know that the, as we've been talking about, the country really trusts you in particular, but we've seen the sort of disappearance, the sort of muzzling of some of these other senior folks within the government. Do you think that we'll have more access to you, both the press and the public? I'm positive of it. Uh, test assess, Rachel. I've been wanting to come on your show for months and months. You've been asking me to come on your show for months and months, and it's just gotten blocked. That's, I mean, let's let's call it what it is. It just got blocked because they didn't like the way you handle things, and they didn't want me on there. I mean, it was so clear when we sent it down. Why would you want to go on Rachel Maddow's show? Well, because I like her and she's really good. It doesn't make any difference. Don't do it. I don't think you're going to see that now. I think you see a lot of transparency. You know, you might not see everybody as often as you want, but you're not going to see deliberate holding back of good people when the press asks for them. So... I tried to couch my statement by saying I I don't think the administration should be blocking someone like him from going on news media but I mean if anyone that isn't that ha- didn't vote for Joe Biden whether you're whether you didn't vote whether you are Republican whether you're independent whatever anyone who hears that that doesn't believe and love everything this guy and Rachel Maddow says is instantly like this fucking guy is a Democrat. Yeah, I just um, loses like, all credibility. Right? Whether, whether it's true or not, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's perception. Perception is fucking reality for these people. And he puts himself in the spotlight constantly. So he leaves himself open yeah. to judgment. And when for you sure. see something like this, when he's saying, I love Rachel Maddow, I've been wanting to come on your show forever. Why would someone like Trump not want me to come on your show if he really doesn't understand the incredible partisanship of that entire network? It's like, dude, then you're too old to have a job no matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're flipping fucking burgers. Yeah. Like that that instantly, unfortunately for him, fucking tanks his credibility. I agree with you. That was the, that was what immediately went through my mind when he said that. Right. Right. Um, and I had two quick other things, right? Not videos, just Charlie Baker, um, on the 21st of January, the day after the inauguration announces the end of the 9 30 PM curfew, uh, I was waiting waiting for this, right? I mean, oh uh, my God. How long have we been talking about this? It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You know what else changed? (laughs) Jerry, Jesus Christ. (laughs) High school football cheerleading and track are approved for a late February start. Um, and so this was You're doing football uh, in February. Dude, Rhode Island's supposed to do football in like April and May. Well, that's more understandable than February. February is going to be fucking cold. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, I agree. So how does that make sense? Right? So we have 12 more times the cases and four more times the death in Massachusetts 
today than we did on September 28th when school started. And they shut it down makes stores. no sense. I'm trying to pull up daily COVID cases now versus when the curfews went in. Do you I have I, any data on that. Someone I follow who, li- who lives in the Boston area. I used to play volleyball with him back in the day. He posted something similar to what, to what you're referencing Ty, and probably what you're looking up right now, Jared, where it was like a couple days before inauguration or maybe like, maybe like early in January, it showed like a certain amount of deaths. And then the positivity rate was one way. And they showed like, Last, I want to say, like earlier this week, they showed the positivity rate, which was higher. The deaths were a little bit lower, but it was still pretty high. And his only comment was like, what really changed here? Yeah. And there's only one thing that did change, and we know what it is. We're still at 160,000 cases a day right now. (laughs) Right. Reopen it, baby. Rhode Island is top three. And they they turned their closed their curfew this week too. Yep, yep. We it was supposed to go into effect next week, but Gina, bless her heart, even though she's not physically here, she's doing stuff with the Secretary of Treasury now and all that. She started it tonight. Tonight was the first night, Such so she joke. she sped everything up. And you know what? We Such a fucking joke. we called this months ago. We yeah. said this was going to happen. We all said it. We said this is going to be perfect timing. And they don't even have the decency to wait until like late February, early March. Right. It'd be so much harder for us to give them shit. Right. They waited for like, yeah, for the weather to get. I I shouldn't say too much warmer because it'll still be cold as balls, at least up here. But at least it would be at least over a month away from inauguration. They couldn't wait a full two weeks before just lifting all of these restrictions Two, two weeks, three weeks ago, we were in the darkest hour of this pandemic. It was only going to get worse before it gets better. Yep. Now, at, on January 21st, the nothing changed. But, but think the about how many people in this country tunnel. don't see or don't want to acknowledge what, what, what's happening. Isn't that insane? Like, how, how do normal people not look at what's happening and get fucking pissed off? Because like, they don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I, like, I just think people people are busy and don't pay as much attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> like I like <laughs> yeah, I, I made no, sure to I, we, we I, have, I made we sure have to make a point to both my parents of like you guys are aware of like what's going on right now, right? And like why this is happening, whether it's with the Robin Hood shit or this. Um, and like emphasize, like connect the dots. Like this is not normal. Right. Yeah, and if you look at Los Angeles. I mean, everyone, we've been talking about for a few episodes now. We've brought it up. Not Los little... Angeles, California. Well, California. California I mean, is the fucking height of the, whatever you call this, of our country. Right. But everyone's looking at Los Angeles specifically. But you're right. I mean, it's all of California. But, like, things got worse. The more restrictions they put in, things got very much worse for that entire county very in general. Very much worse. Very much worse. <laughs> and what, less than three or four days ago? They they didn't have outdoor dining, and now all of a sudden, nothing's got nothing's really changed. I don't I don't have the numbers to back me up. I'm not gonna sit here and say I've looked at the numbers, but I bet if you looked at the fucking numbers, you looked at them now compared to three weeks ago or a month ago, nothing has changed significantly enough to warrant them reopening everything. Because we talked about it before, L.A. is one of the many places that just went full throttle with their restrictions and didn't really yeah. look at the science. Now, they didn't look at the science initially when they closed everything, but the science really hasn't changed at this point. The numbers are still very similar. 
And then now outdoor dining back to normal. So, so what else could influence those decisions? Fucking administ- the, the administration, the, the, the politics. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I know that's what we're getting to, but I mean, we, we said this was going to happen. With but how, how could anyone else argue anything other? What are they, what would they say? Yeah, and these because politicians aren't even giving a reason. No, they're, they're, they're not just saying we need legit- to save our economy. All of Where a sudden been in the last year, buddy. Yeah, we, we didn't need to save our economy in November and October but, or January or January. Or but, but yeah, but now. Oh, absolutely. Now. Now the economy needs to be saved and we're going to open yeah. everything up. It's not a coincidence. It's 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 happening for a reason. And so many people are blind to that. So Tulsi but- Gabbard talked a little bit about it on her episode of Rogan. She's up until January. She was a congresswoman for eight years. And she said it doesn't surprise her a bit. She's like, I think that's exactly what's going on. And yeah. you know what? Great for us. I mean, we're happy. About, I mean, surely that's great. We're, ha- we're happy to have things opening up. Yes. For sure. Like, you know, it's nice to be able to make but, a reservation somewhere where I don't have to get there before 930 or they're going to be closed. But at the same time, it's just the principle of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That they're now openly admitting by doing this the week of the inauguration openly admitting to everyone. I mean, with the three of us weren't impacted. Think of the people that were impacted yeah. that are reading the news, seeing all these things, all these states and these cities across the country reopening, reopening magically. And all of a sudden these governors completely changing their tune. I mean, the Gretchen Whitmers of the world, the Lori Lightfoots, the Andrew Dude, Cuomo's, all the of Gavin them. Newsom's completely do a 180. Every on, single blue state. All of a sudden, the economy is less than more important. two weeks of Biden in office. Every single blue state changed their mind. And I'll take it one step further. They didn't just change their mind without an explanation. To me, this shows they were willing to crush Main Street and small business and local economies to make Trump look bad. Because they right, started to win this the shit election to win the election, make Trump look bad. They started this shit well before Biden won his election. So it's just, it's, it's criminal. It's that, that's yeah. what it is. It's criminal. It's absolutely despicable. So between that and what we're going to talk about right now, my personal, and I think our collective hate has never been fucking greater for what everyone on this podcast that listens to us every week is now known to be the establishment. Yeah, I am. I can't even describe my emotion because I don't wear it on my face. In reality, if I well, show, show us what it would look like on your face. If, if I step back from my podcast character, that actually was exactly what it was, what Adam did right there. <laughs> if I step back from the podcast character, do these things really matter to me in my day to day? No, but are they things that I think are just incredulous and terrible and underreported and underdocumented yes so for people who don't live under a rock as we famously say uh the stock market has seen uh i would say some volatility to say the least uh the likes of gamestop nokia amc blackberry all uh, thriving companies by the way (laughs) (laughs) all of the the companies that you think of when you think 2021 are (laughs) booming are booming. I'm surprised Blockbuster wasn't part of that. <laughs> so they are in the news. They are the biggest story in our country this entire week. 
because Wall Street hedge funds have gotten their dick kicked in. Kicked in. And so I will not go into a lengthy thing of trying to describe what the fuck is going on in technical terms. Because every and... person on the internet has explained it over the last 72 hours. Right. To get likes. We are all professional traders at this point. <laughs> at this point, yes. Right, right. Like, to, to you know, this, this is basically like what, what's happened on the internet to our points, us including, like, over the last week. We're going to the moon. Okay, we're going to the moon. They want us to sell. I'm not gonna sell. I'm not selling. We're going to the moon. We're going to the fucking moon. Hold the fucking line, damn it. How are we gonna get to the fucking moon if we don't hold the line? It dips, you buy the dip, okay? Don't sell, never sell. I will die before I sell. They cannot do that. That's market manipulation. Robinhood can't do that. That's market manipulation. Patience, patience. Please guys, just be patient. Still gonna get to the moon. It just might not be a direct flight. You know what I mean? Hold the fucking line, damn it. Hold the line. We're going to the moon. We must hold the line if you want to go to the moon. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. Pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. He's hanging his head. Yeah, sell the house. Dude, like when, when I said <laughs> that to you guys earlier, I was like, this is exactly how I felt. Oh, did this you send exactly us that earlier? I said... Yeah, I sent you a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, I sent you a couple days ago. I knew ago. one of you guys sent that. I couldn't remember. Yeah, who. but it was like, it was perfect because like, I'll be the first to say, I don't know shit about stocks. I mean, yes, I have money invested, but it's not like day trading where I'm just buying individual stocks. I'm, I'm like, in, I'm in mutual funds and shit like that. Safer stuff. I'm not trying to do stuff day by day, but I didn't know anything about this stuff 72 hours ago. But I'm glad I know more about it now. It's interesting. I'm not going to get like into it, but right, it, so, it has been a very interesting three days. It's fascinating. Yeah, it really. Anyone has who been. doesn't find it fascinating is a fucking bore, dude. Everybody don't finds listen it to this podcast if you find this fascinating. Both my parents were talking about it this week. Everybody is like, "What the hell is going on?" That, that's that's an absolute. If you don't find this story fascinating, stop listening right now. Unsubscribe. Never listen to the show again. Yeah, you were, you're you're fucking lame. You're so lame. And we were hooked, us three. That the text thread was <laughs> firing, firing. Never been so furious. And so, in, in a in a quick, uh, you know, summary here, uh, it, it really started with GameStop. Yeah, a hedge fund on Wall Street, Melvin Corporation, had an incredible short position on GameStop, meaning. They were betting on the stock to go down. They were Wasn't lending it the money. This guy Andrew left. I'm pretty sure from like. Don't get this... me. Don't get me off off track here. I'm I, just saying. I'm just throwing the name out. I don't know. Fuck I, this. Adam guy. wants to name names. I'm. It's Andrew. And what fucking college left. he went to Citron, when he was drafted? Citron Financial, whatever. But anyway, Ty, keep going. So what that what that means is they were betting on GameStop stock to drive down. They were. Basically, borrowing the stocks, they would pay back the stock at a much, much lower price when they sell it, when the stock is down. So they took great pleasure and uh, great uh, financial benefits, financial benefits, profit in companies going down. Right. All totally legal, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It happens every day. Totally legal. So 
GameStop, uh, it, all this stuff is public, luckily, right? Um, as far as uh, what the stock is comprised of, who owns the stock, and at what percentage, and at what position. So these crazy fuckers on Reddit find Are you guys out, Reddit people? Not no. at all. So, so I, I go on Reddit Too pretty regularly. <laughs> I, I heard of Wall Street bets. Dude, people on Reddit are lunatics. There are people who don't leave the basement and spend their entire life on the internet. Dude, they, Crystal, they are, Crystal Ball would have you know that they spend their life in the basement or they spend the last year in the basement because of the pandemic and because the government will not bail them out. Which is not 100% true. Definitely like, not true. Not Most of them are probably anyway, like coders. Keep going, Ty. You're on a roll. Keep going. So, yeah. So these fucking lunatics on Reddit in a forum realize now to Jared's point, right? Of course, he's going to fucking walk away right now. Unbelievable. So these fucking gamers, right? These nerds on this Wall Street bets forum on Reddit, which is a uh, a group of hundreds, probably thousands of just random people. Yeah, on a figure big out message board, essentially. Figure out, right, that this company, um, what was it? Melvin, what did I, I just said it earlier. It was, was Melvin, Melvin Capital. Corp- yeah, Melvin Capital, Melvin Corporation, whatever it is, owns an 84% short position, meaning they own 84% of the shares, right, but is in a short position, meaning it's lent against, meaning they owe somebody money for it. Correct of the entire GameStop value. And they said together, fuck this, right? And I said, because of Jared's point, these guys are nerds, right? They looked at GameStop and they were like, fuck you, you're not burning GameStop to the dude, ground. That's, yeah. Hey, dude, this, the, is, this was our passion for our entire childhood. You're not going to take this away from us. Yeah, and and they said, we know how things work. Someone understood that the Melvin Corporation's or Melvin Capital's position, the uh, exposure or risk on that is unlimited. As high as that stock goes, there is no checks and balances. Totally Melvin legal. Melvin Capital will owe as much fucking money as that stock can go up. So these fuckers bought a bunch of stock in the hopes of trying to drive up the price so that Melvin Capital was going to end up owing a shit ton of money. And yeah. it fucking happened. It worked. Went from it Reddit worked, dude. to Twitter to Facebook to the entire fucking internet. And everyone. TikTok everywhere. And everyone bought GameStop. And I just read or I just saw an article that said hedge funds that had short positions on GameStop lost 70 billion dollars dude <sighs> that's it that's an uncomprehendable amount of money for us and a, a sports franchise to buy a sports franchise is worth two billion so that, so that's like the nba and the nfl combined you could buy the nba and nfl with the money that these people lost in 24 hours that's insane and and especially it, it shows how far the you know the ability to trade on the stock market has come because obviously we're all newer to this but i mean the apps like you know 
well, I'm sure we'll get into Robinhood, but Robinhood, Stash, Cash App, Acorns, um, Fidelity has apps, but it's not really the same as, as what we're talking about here. But like people like 10 years ago, people didn't have the ability to be sitting on their couch, go on their phone. Yeah. And with 10 seconds later, be able to hold stock in a company like at the blink, you know, within at the blink of an eye. Like that never was a possibility. So it is, and it just, we've never really understood the, the impact that that has had on the stock market really until a few days ago, because people have always been doing this. I mean, there's, I, I working in Newport, like there uh, for on uh, the restaurant business for years, I met several day traders that literally their whole life was just getting up, doing what Dave Pornoy uh, puts on video every single day. And they just trade shit and they have big losses, but they make big gains. And that's why they're able to just work their own. They're schedule. gamblers. They're gamblers. It, it is the, it is the ritzy form of gambling. And I've never understood the power of that until 72 hours ago when this whole thing started, it really has been fucking amazing to watch. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yep. And so the even crazier part has been the split reaction. Yeah, I would and agree I, with that. And, and I think what the fallout, and I think this is what drives us so insane, and we'll get into the, you know, really levels of it. Um, but so this was uh, a couple days ago. Um, this guy is all over somewhere in the middle, Dave Portnoy, uh, who was thanking, actually, um, this guy. I can't say his name, unfortunately. He's an Indian guy. He's like owner. Of, he's a... CEO. Yeah, that dude was a man. He, he donated like 50 grand or something. 500 or, grand. Oh, 500 yeah. grand. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A, you know, he's a he's a, a big wig and uh, he goes on C, uh, CNBC um, who that network hosted the CEO of the NASDAQ, uh, the actual trading platform um, and had trading exchange, dude, not the platform. That's what that's I mean. The, that's that's the league. Like if yeah. you're buying a franchise, that's the MLB. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So had them on and had countless other uh, talking heads um, saying how, um, and I probably have some of the clips, but talking about how we need calls for regulation, how messed up this is, how awful it is, right? That the little guy wins, the big guy doesn't. So this coming from a big guy was pretty cool to hear. Includes our next guest. He tweeted on Tuesday that he'd gone long through call options. Chamath Palihapitiya is the CEO of Social Capital. He joins us now on the phone. Chamath, thank you for being here. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So you tweeted yesterday that you bought $115 calls in GameStop. Can you tell me what your position is as of this very moment? Yeah, um, can I, can I uh, tell you a little story before all of that or no? Why don't you tell me that first and then we'll go from there. So this morning I woke up after spending all time, <clears throat> all last night in Wall Street bets, reading about all of this stuff. Um, <clears throat> I ended up closing up my position this morning, and I wanted to announce that I'm taking all the profits that I made, plus my original position. So I'm going to take $500,000, and I'm going to donate to the Barstool Fund for Small Businesses. Um, but I really want to tell you, beyond the five hundred grand um, donation or the the money that I invested, which was, you know, not a huge amount in the grand scheme of that stock or the entire market, what I learned, because I think what I learned over the last couple of days is important for everybody um, that's watching CNBC. And that is? 
I think that what you're seeing is um, essentially a pushback against the establishment in a really important way. <laughs> Mo, dude, hot, hot word right there. These, these moments, they get me so fired up, man. Because so hard. Well, Just well, like, hey, I, I've got some more from our, from our boy. He, he okay, I'll, the same, I'll keep it together for now. On, on the same interview is that there are inevitably going to be people who get hurt not i'm not talking about hedge fund managers i'm not talking about them i'm talking about the people who follow people into the trade who think that this stock is going to continue to go up because that's what they've been conditioned to think what, in the pandemic what should we do? because all stocks go up do? apparently what what should we do not allow folks Here, here's what will happen if you basically if you follow your logic then you'll say you know what retail doesn't know what they're doing I think you're wrong. Then then the thing will be retail shouldn't be allowed to participate in the stock market. I think you're wrong. And then you know what will happen, Scott? The inequality gra- gap will grow and grow and grow. Because then if you – what are they supposed to do then? Buy an ETF, a passive fund? They can't buy into hedge funds because the rules don't allow them to. So now systematically what you've done is you entrench poverty. No, I mean, come that on, that's taking it too far. This is just accentuating so those thoughts the that, that, that Wall Street's a casino and nothing more. So you Absolutely. can kind of hear that guy's tone, right? Just but dude, he's so right, man. He's so it's it's a hundred percent a casino for billionaires and millionaires. Why can't it be a casino for everybody else? And when they win, you change their rules. That's what happened. There's no other way to explain it. And uh Pornoy gave a perfect example. He pretty much said, like, you're in the fourth quarter of a football game and you know, like the underdog is winning in that game. So I guess thinking Put about more it, time on the clock. Yeah. Like, you know, you know there's like 30 seconds left and you're up a touchdown and you know, the, the, the favorite team gets five minutes on the clock added to, to the game. Like yeah. that's literally the exactly what happened. The, the, and, and in contrast, this is what hedge hedge fund billionaires are saying on the same network um, about the same crisis. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government, okay? And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. And, you know, I think it's inappropriate. We all got to work together and pull together. I mean, these guys who are still worth billions of dollars crying because they're losing a little bit of money. Because the normal people use the same tactics that they use all the time. Yep. Finally, they got fucked. And again, all of this, and I think Sagar mentioned this in some of his rants in the last few days. Sagar, I'm sorry. Sagar. Sagar. Fucking gringo. Sagar, whatever his name is. Sagar. Salt my boy like that. Sagar said, like, he, he was saying, I don't know how much he knows about stocks, but he probably knows a lot more about me. Than, than me. And he said, <laughs> I know, he knows a he lot, knows a about lot me. more about stocks than I do. And he said, what was going on, like between whether it's the hedge fund people doing it or the Reddit nerds doing this with GameStop, it probably shouldn't be legal doing this because of how crazy the, the market gets, but it is. And, and the rules are in place to allow people to do this. And again, like we said, as soon as it was the people who it didn't like truly benefit, 
somehow like again you like the three of us wouldn't have figured this out like randomly and like tried to gather a a, a band of yeah people to to you know buy up game stock game stop stock but they did obviously so kudos to them but all of this is is totally legal now whether it should or shouldn't be is, is another discussion but the point is is that that's what the rules were and then of course as soon as it did not favor the people it was intended to favor now there's a problem with it and then you have people like i, I didn't see the video jared sent because when i opened it it said you know the, the tweet was deleted or whatever but this has billionaires fucking crying. It was the same video Tyler showed. Yeah, the same one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a different one. So that's the one I didn't see. But yeah, but, like that, that is, it's wild. It, it really is. And, and I think this video represents how everyone but billionaires feel. I have never, ever, ever seen anything like this. This is, this would be like if you're playing the Super Bowl or a football game and Goodell's not beyond it. But fourth quarter, your team's losing, and they just go, we're going to add 20 minutes. We're going to change all the rules. Midstream, you cannot do this. If you can do this, you can do anything. You can literally change the rules at any moment, at any time, for any reason, if you don't like the way it's going, even though you previously said the rules can't be changed. Robin Hood is dead. Robin Hood's only, like, at this point, if I worked at Robin Hood, I'd be like, I have two options. And then I've been handcuffed in prison, or I'm just going to go bankrupt, but I'm not going to end up in prison because I'm going to turn it back on and people won't sue me. But you're done. The decisions that were made at Robin Hood today should land everybody who was involved in those decisions in prison. So what he's talking about is what happened yesterday when Robin Hood specifically, I think there were a couple others, right? I think TD Ameritrade and yeah, you know, which is like a Fidelity huge platform had done it the day before where they had halted not trading. They had halted buying. buying. Yeah. They would only let you sell. The next day, Robin Hood, which has made their money and made their reputation um, stake their entire business upon what they say in their Twitter bio is the democratization of the financial system. Yeah, letting people like us get, get involved it in the game yeah. and win. Yes, R- Robin Hood is last valued in 2018 at 5.6 billion dollars. To show so, the size of them. They're not some startup. And they've been around since 2016, I think. Yeah, not that long. Yeah. So things the day before, the two days before they do this, things are skyrocketing. The average man. Now, I I, I was the at lunch. Man. The, the, the same, the average man and woman, the same lunch same. I was on that I discussed the uh, mask restrictions, the man's son called him and his wife and was crying and they said what that what what's going on oh my god are you okay he made twenty two thousand dollars on game stock he had invested four hundred dollars and because it spiked up like two thousand percent he made some something crazy like twenty two thousand this is a teenager this is a 25 year old okay like that is fucking incredible 
That's awesome. Until and that moment. So the next day, cry tears of joy, right? That's everything that's happening. The day before, people are winning big. People who are, you know, just like I said, the the every man and woman, like the the people who are just throwing two hundred bucks at it, you know, because they want to buy in on the momentum. Uh, they believe in the power of the internet, like Dave Portner would say. The day after that, Robinhood shuts down the ability to buy any more of GameStop. Or AMC let and you, others. Yeah. Any right. of those. Any of they what they're calling meme stocks. They will only let you sell their your position. Yeah. When you sell your position, what happens to the stock price? Goes way down. Goes way down. Right? So they intentionally tanked the stock so that they could help, and we'll explain why, people like Melvin Capital the hedge fund that got fucked over get back some of their money before they liquidate and get out. Yeah. Now, the reason why is because Robinhood is actually backed by Citadel, who backs Melvin Capital mm-hmm. financially. And, well, not just that. And you guys saw in the um, rising clip today about how uh robin hood makes money right yeah, yeah they sell it's their not fucking off of data. us it's not off yeah. of us it, it's, yeah. it's like anything else if, well, it is off of us if well it, it is but it's like we're not customers yeah if it's yeah. free you're not the customer you're the product yeah. so they're selling our data to these hedge firms and that's how they're making or losing their right. fucking shorts just they don't like, give a shit about us just we're like not their facebook customers. twitter all those places they make yep. money off of of that data yes so i didn't for, know that before today that was nope, shocking neither did I. Yeah. i'm learning a lot in the last 72 hours so to anyone that questions why the fuck that happened that right there is exactly why citadel pressured robin hood because they were financially backing melvin to stop the, tr- the the buying of GameStop, which they knew would force he was the in GameStop, down. dude. Like, do I try saying GameStop stock like ten times? That, that's, you you cannot that's do it. You cannot it. do it. That's why it's impossible. GameStop. It sounds um, good. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same company. Um, They're irrelevant now. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just crazy. It's fucking insane. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the most fucking blatant yeah, dude. and dude, it's, it's the Rudy of the of the of Wall Street. Yeah, and if Rudy fucking the refs came out and fucking kicked him in the nuts and dragged <laughs> that, him off that's the field. What it is. Exactly. <laughs> right, right before Rudy made his big sack at and the end broke of the movie. His leg. He gets fucking fucking sack tapped by the refs. Yeah. Literally. The, the the only thing I can think of to compare it to, and I can only compare to this from like movies because I was too young, was oh wait, in the financial crash. Of so many people intentionally rigging things of all these bullshit funds that were just made of bullshit equities and people shorting it and making money off that short. Like, that's the only thing I could compare it to. Yeah. Of the system except, being except rigged. Except it affected everyday people, like, directly. And 
in real time. Well, that, that did just in a different way. That fucked over everyday people by selling people predatory mortgages to make banks billions. And, and then people betting on those mortgages. Yeah. So right. it, did, it did in a different way. Um, but like Th- this was real time, like instant. Whereas that happened over, yeah, that was a that was two years time, three years yeah. time, yeah, right, um, yeah, she, so I, it was shocking. Go ahead, it's 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 jarring, dude. You, just, just a quick, you know, time like white supremacy. On. Every time Jared says jarring, it means nothing to me because he thinks everything <laughs> is jarring. Jarring. That's not jarring to you. The establishment no, it is. scared. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah, you're right. How much do you guys think um, games GameStop is selling for right now? It, it had a good day today. It was like so, it was back in the threes. As of right now, it's three hundred and twenty-five dollars a yeah. share. Yeah, it, it was around there when the market closed. Guess how much it was selling for on December thirty-first of twenty nineteen. I'm just using that as Four a random dollars. example. Eight dollars. Six dollars and oh, eight cents. Yeah, I believe it, dude. Six dollars, and I know that was twenty nineteen. I know it was you know over a year ago, but still, I mean, we all know because we've all had our moments in our childhood when we would you know our moms Dude, would bring it us was to GameStop. nothing better than a GameStop gift certificate as like a present yeah, as a teenager like you go there you buy a game or you try to exchange a game that was like you know an almost mint condition they give you like ten dollars instead of like the 50 that it was probably worth like we're all familiar with that but just thinking of that like obviously GameStop is is literally irrelevant now yeah it should not be in in the headlines like if you had to pick a stock that would cause this much you know, that, that would cause like, this have, have you guys looked in the video game section of a store in the last couple of years? No. So I have like to get Christmas gifts and stuff like that, dude. They don't even sell discs anymore. Video game sections are cards. They're plastic gift cards for games that you put in the code and buy on Xbox Live or PS Live or whatever. Right. Which they don't is even not, sell discs. Which is not what GameStop was originally intended yeah. for. It was like hot, cold, hard discs that you go in CDs. there. CDs. It's been irrelevant for several years now. And it's yeah. probably at some point going to go the way of Blockbuster and all those other obsolete media companies of some sort. But it, it's just you never would have thought GameStop would 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 be the thing that people are are climbing over each other for to buy, and how this would be the center of exploiting that. We don't really live in a free market, and I'll be the first to say it. Like I, I kept saying, I was explaining this to Emma, like because she's like, I don't give a shit anymore. Stop, please stop telling me about it. <laughs> and and I keep saying, shut well, up. I'd rather hear yeah, about football at this point. It's a free market. And I kept saying that and saying that. I think at some point I was talking to one of you on the text thread. And I think Jared is the one that posted the tweet. It's like well, the free market. If this were a free market and you go back to 2008 and all those, those banks, banks would be gone, those banks would be gone. Literally, like this yeah. would be like the why like this would be the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> a free market. Lit- no, but a free market. I love is- if we could get a clip of uh, Adam's world in these hypothetical <laughs> scenarios, it'd be a fucking crazy. Dude, place. He's but, picturing Planet of the Apes. But the free market, dude, is supposed to be the jungle. The, the strongest survives. And if you're yeah. weak, you're going to get fucking eaten. And the banks got eaten. Instead, they God came down and like reattached their fucking limbs and like, all right, you're, you guys are all set. Will make you whole so, again. Uh, again, just like the last time, I think if people didn't g- get it now, now they understand. <laughs> God is attaching limbs in the jungle. Hey, I'm I'm just saying that, and you you, and if either of you tell me this, you're lying. 
none of us, no one, none of us knew about any of this shit before. I didn't have no idea what shorting a stock meant. I, 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 I only knew from I, the big I, short from that movie. Okay, exactly. So yeah. like we never like developed and that. That wasn't even about just shorting by, like, stock. That was much, much, much more. Sure. Intricate. Well, the big short was about shorting. The, yeah, it was a the housing fund short. Yeah, that's a, that's a very simplistic way of putting it. Yeah, sure. But it was not as simple as the way this is playing out. But no, my point is, like, not. like what everyone's freaking out about, other than the Reddit nerds that like live on this shit, is not common knowledge. Like, this is just stuff. Like, unless you're a day trader or someone that you know weekly is is just checking up on stocks and selling and trading and all this shit. This is not common knowledge. We ev- the whole world is learning about this as it happens. And it, it's just, it's insane. I've never, I don't, I, I can't remember a time when like there's been something going on in the world that I didn't have like at least a tiny bit of knowledge on stocks. I'm completely. Yeah. Well, well I, I think out there on, I, I think something that this is like a great reminder for everybody is this stock market is total bullshit. It, it does not rely on business fundamentals. Like it once did like yeah. Tesla. One of the yeah, highest. Yeah, it's not traded... a representation no. of of, of no. the health you know, of the economy. Right. Like it's definitely not like a GDP yeah. or anything e- like that. Elon yeah. Musk is the richest man in the world. Tesla is the highest valued from a market cap perspective of all the car manufacturers, and it sells like ten percent of the cars of GM and Ford. It's so an like, illusion. Right it's a mirage. It, it's a it's a Fugazi, right? It's a Fugazi. Right? Isn't that from it's the movie exactly. from the, from so, the yeah. Wolf of Wall Street? That's Fugazi. exactly what it is. It's a Fugazi. Fugazi whatever so, the hell it is. So, like, I, I think that's one silver lining of this is people got a little burned. Um, and Nothing it's a reminder that I love Portland, but the Wall Street doesn't always go up. It does over time. But you're you're betting on nothing. You're not betting on business performance with these stocks nowadays. And, and that's the reality of what betting on Wall Street actually is, whether you're shorting it or betting on it. There are some instances where you can say, yes, it's tied to – you know, um, companies that are, I, I would say and, 90% of the stock market is bet is based on business fundamentals. You're right. Yeah. But, but it's these crazy outliers, the Teslas of the world where Bitcoin, people make big, big money. Do you like Bitcoin? Nobody can really explain any value Bitcoin provides. It's not real the blockchain technology. They can, but yeah. Yeah. But, I, but you, but you're not betting on any type of financials. There's no financials that drive Bitcoin, from 10,000 to 30,000. It's all Fugazi. It's all bullshit. It's a Fugazi. Well, it you know, doesn't it, exist. It, it's getting late, so we'll wrap up, right? But I think we can all feel comfortable that it is in the gov- under the government's watching eye, right? Don't even get me going. <laughs> it's the White House concerned about the stock market activity we're seeing around GameStop, um, and now with some other stocks as well, uh, including the... The subsidiary or whatever the, the company that was uh, Blockbuster. Um, and have there been any conversations? Company that was about uh, how to proceed. Well, um, I'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female Treasury Secretary and a team that's surrounding her. And often questions about market will send to them. But our team is, of course, our economic team, including Secretary Yellen and others, are monitoring uh, the situation. It's a good reminder, though, that the stock market isn't the only measure of the health of our our economy. It doesn't reflect how working and middle class families are doing. Uh, As you all know from covering this, we're in the midst of a K-shaped recovery. America's workers are struggling to make ends meet, which is why the president has introduced this urgent package. To okay, so good, good job on the script, Jen. Uh, 
so <laughs> you guys have you guys like looked into Janet Yellen at all? I don't know if we um, talked about her. Not, not I think really. I saw some stuff when she had got elected as she's just another corporatist, etc. Yeah, well well she does a by lot Wall of the same things we we talk yeah. about, right? Where she does these speaking fees for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Paid for by these banks that if she ever gets back into public office, she would be regulating. Right. I think that we brought that up as one of the examples that the people we now listen and, you know, uh, get our information from talk about. Right. And that is exactly what's happening with this woman, Jan uh, Janet Yellen. Now, I don't know fucking thing about her, but in this case. She received. An eight hundred plus thousand dollar check from Citadel who backs Melvin Corporation who influenced Robin Hood to fix the game and stop buying. So do we think there's a conflict of interest there at all? It like, do we think this is exactly why people like Jared, you know, scream from his, you know, uh, rooftop in Boston about how you know, we need to stop, like... Special interests in politics. Right, right. Dude, it's clear as day, and, man. They don't even try and hide it anymore. Like, do we do we trust now, like, whether she makes the right decision, decisions or not? Again, we have to kind of state that, but does it matter anymore? Like, do we trust whatever decisions she makes as being virtuous and, you know, uh, by the board? You know what I mean? Not one bit. So. DC will not have its constituents' backs until money is taken out of politics, until Citizens United is overturned. That's Shots it. That's, fired. That's it. You heard him. You heard it's him. It's as simple folks. as that. I, I had folks. I had one one thing I wanted to add, super quick on that topic of, and you guys heard me say this quote a couple episodes ago. Uh, MLK quote said this, and Bernie keeps quoting it of, um, our government is. Favor or so, yeah, socialism for the rich. <laughs> yeah, so socialism Capitalist for the rich for the for everyone else. No, it's uh, individual ruggedism for the for everybody else, and it's just it's Same so idea. true, man. Like even here, right? As soon as these billionaires and corporations are hurt, everybody comes to save them. And everybody else, fuck you. Don't worry it's about joke. it. Joke. Yep. It's a joke. We all should be out in the streets. Um, but that's not going to happen, and this will blow under. And now rug. we all own these fucking stocks that are probably never going to go up. Yeah, did I you guys sell money. anything? Today? I sold. I sold. I, I got out of AMC. You luckily, sold today. What happened to hold I, I lost one hundred fifty bucks, dude. I'm not holding dude, the line for what anything. Did you, what did you fuck buy about at? that? We're what going. Price did you buy at? To the moon. I, I don't. I'd have to look back at what price I, I bought it at, but I made three hundred dollars overnight, like I said, and then I lost one fifty right. in the blink of an eye, and I couldn't. The app would not allow me to sell. It was yeah. fucking, I, I guarantee you, they shut one of their servers down and we're running at half capacity. So nothing got through to me. So I couldn't sell through, you know, half of the day. Did, did you I see the screenshots of people's fuck. messages from Robinhood that Robinhood was auto selling stocks at the daily low? Yeah, that's horrible. Dude, like criminal. that is the definition criminal. of criminal. Yeah. It deserved to be put in jail. I'm with but Portnoy. I will fucking get to the streets. So, so I, last part of this, what do you guys think happens to Robin Hood from here? Is there? I hope they fucking die. 
I mean, I don't know anybody who would ever trust them again. Apparently Either a they- class action lawsuit has been filed against them, but it's probably not going to be the last one. And I don't, I don't know if anything's actually going to come out of it. Yeah. I, I just think even retail traders like us, like who would ever trust them again? I wouldn't. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck them. So they are open, just open, as open a up a part of the problem. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck uh, the man. Up, fuck uh, them. What do you want a me to Van- open? Vanguard brokerage account. You can do it for free. It's the same company as it has our 401ks. And you can do the same exact fucking trading for free. And you don't have to worry about these scumbags. Yeah, but or, Van- or Vanguard would do the same shit. I'm no, sure Vanguard was the only the one that was still letting you trade these stocks yesterday. How about I didn't Fidelity? Even know you could do that kind of I, like I thought single... you said one of you guys said Fidelity shut it down too. I don't remember when you mentioned it. it wasn't me. I don't Fidelity might me. have as well. Yeah, they, they, they could have. I, I wasn't using them. So, well, this won't be the last we talk about it, right? Um, I, I mean, and, and this is, and so Wall Street Bets is getting shut out, censored from the internet. Um, you know, people are getting taken offline um, for quote unquote hate speech for talking about, you know, this and, you know, uh, talking back and forth about buying. So, this is exactly what the fuck we're talking about when censorship is bad no matter who it censors so if we can leave you with that god fucking damn fight for bless america fight for, fight for freedom adam i love you guys i talk i talk yeah i love you guys hold on hold on hold on three two one i love you guys